so we're doing Pesachim. Yeah, so we're, we're, we went. Okay, so. So, no, not too much. So we, we were, we did the Ramban, right? So we, we did the Ramban on Kiddush. We did the, uh, we did the, uh, uh, the Psukim, like we did the Torah Shebikhtav, and we talked about the essential takana of, uh, of, uh, of Kiddush, of the Chachamim. In other words, the principle of what Kiddush is supposed to be from the perspective of, you know, philosophically or Deoraita level in terms of being the positive uh, positive expression of Shabbat, setting the framework for the positive idea of Shabbat, that we that Shabbat is not just an abstention from Melacha or abstention from certain activities, but it has an objective. The objective to become aware of certain ideas and to focus on the true ta'anug of uh, closeness to Hashem that a person accomplishes through Shabbat. Kiddush sets the framework for achieving that purpose by articulating the significance of the day and the uh, privilege that we have in, uh, in being able to have the Shabbat because it's not, it's not a given. Why is it not? That's an interesting thing. I, I know we'll eventually learn the Gemara, I promise, but... I, I, won't, I won't go on this tangent too long. I'm just going to put this idea out there. Something that Ariel mentioned on Shabbat. We, uh, we, won't, we won't do it now, but I think we should come back to the idea. Why is it that Goy She Shabbat Chayav Mita, right? That the idea that only the Jewish people can have Shabbat, right? And it's one of the, and, and, and non Jews are not allowed to have Shabbat. They're not allowed to observe Shabbat. Even a, even a Goy was like, Preparing to convert. There's halachic discussion about whether they're allowed to observe Shabbat in the process of the, uh, when they're getting ready for the giyur, they have to violate Shabbat in a small way, Shabbat or whatever. There's a whole discussion about that. It's not theoretical. No, no, it's also halachalimase. Whether there's some rabbis that are mekel and they say, oh, they can do it because they're doing it l'shem giyur, but there's some that say, well, you're goisha Shabbat. So the point is, why that? And Ariel's question, who was that? Who was you, right? Sometimes I get all my. Uh, Ariel's question was all the other Chagim it seems like they have a message that is specifically for Am Yisrael that's what the uh, that's what the Goyim shouldn't be able to participate but Shabbat is a universal idea right so it's an idea it's universal idea of Shabbat why is it that in Shabbat it's Avuch that uh, that the uh, that Shabbat is uh, is only for Jews and not for uh, and not for the Umot Olam. When really it seems of all the Chagim, that would be the one that's the most likely that uh, non-Jews could relate to. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough. We got to like lock in, or he might be coming back. That's why he left it uh, a little bit open. All right, anyway, um, so I don't want to go into it now because we'll never actually do Gemara, and we don't want that to happen. So uh, let's, let's leave that idea, let's leave that idea for a second. Let's, let, let's do a little bit of it. The very good question is, why? So why? I didn't say why, I'm saying that Kushya is a good question. Why is, it should be the opposite. Meaning, but Chagim should be a sore for the Goy because uh, that has nothing to do. Pesach has nothing to do with the Goy. Right? Shabbat has the is the universe is about the entire creation. Anybody should be able to participate in, in Shabbat. Why only? Uh, why specifically Shabbat a Goy can't participate in? 
you would think the opposite, that, uh, that Shabbat is actually about the entire universe. Any human being should be able to participate in Shabbat. Chagim, that's particular to the Jewish people. Right? It's, it's a good question. Why is it? And the, and, uh, and the reason why I mentioned it is because you see that, the, uh, that we, we, we emphasize, okay? When we talk about the other, uh, when we talk about the other uh, Chagim, we don't emphasize as much ever the idea that the that the chag is a uh, is a is a matana that Hashem gave us a gift that we have pesach. We don't talk about that. We we, we talk about uh, the fact that we uh, whatever occurred on that chag that gives us a reason to celebrate, you know. But we don't talk about the institution of the chag itself being some special gift. But the, but in even in the kiddush we say you know Shabbat kodesho. He gave us His Holy Shabbat. We're able to participate in the Holy Shabbat of Hashem. You know? Or there's a famous Chazal that says, you know, that Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I have a matana in my uh, treasury to give to the Jewish people. It's called Shabbat. Right? So, uh, this, this idea suggests that, you know, there's something in Shabbat that's really like a privilege that we're able to, uh, it's a privilege that we're able to have it, and therefore it's restricted only to Am Yisrael. We have to understand why. It's not so simple. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to leave that there. It's good stuff. Good question. Now, uh, what's our, uh, where were we in the Gemara? We talked about, we did, we did a little. Start. Yeah. Consider our relocation. No, it's yeah. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Right now. We should have. He was good. He was good at it. He's a very good, yeah, a very good reporter. Yeah, no. He's a good, he's good at it. All right. No. So we read the the issue of Enki Dushal Bukom Seuda. That was the that was the main uh, issue between Rav and Shmuel. We're on Kuf Amud Bet and Kuf Aleph. We, we we went into Kuf Aleph, you know. So um, and we were talking about the idea that essentially the Takanat Chachamim tr- is takes the idea that you have to express Shabbat, you have to express the Shevach of Shabbat in words, and says that the way that we do that is by having Yain. The question is, is the drinking of the wine simply to accentuate the words of the Kiddush and to emphasize their importance, the way that you make a toast or the way that you make a, uh, you know, the way that you say blessings of a, uh, of a wedding on Yain or just we saw Brit Milah on Yain <clears throat> or is it something different? So according to Rav, that's all it is. It's like the uh, same way the Brit Milah is on a Yain and the Birkot Irusin uh, wine, so do we do it on wine, right? However, or even uh, Pidyona Ben, right? Anytime we have like a special bacha, we bring yain, right? So it's to give kabot to the bacha, right? Or uh, or like uh, saying Birkat Amazon Alakos, right? All of those things. But that's what Rav holds. So therefore, if a person did Kiddush Shalobim Kom Suda, according to Rav, it's fine. But Shmuel brings a new idea, and his idea is that really it's not just wine. What you're doing is you're transforming the seudah into a vehicle for the ideas of the kiddush. Meaning, the ideas of the kiddush are celebrated through the meal. You're t- changing the the uh, you're changing the whole framework of the seudah. You're creating a framework for the seudah as a better way to right. So that therefore it has to be bimkom seudah because. The key, what the Chazal did was they didn't just make a takana that's a generic I mean, that's a way to think of it like there's a generic idea that all brachot should be given kavod by doing it a la kos 
right? They, that we do on special occasions, we we honor a special vacha by giving it a shtiat yain. Okay, that's a generic idea, but Shmuel's idea is particular to Shabbat and Yom Tov, and saying that the mitzvah of onig Shabbat, of having a meal on Shabbat, is integrated with the kiddush. The meal actually becomes a celebration of or a reflection of the ideas of the kiddush. So you have to bond the two. Okay, that's that's the idea of in kiddush on with that. And actually, David Shlomo pointed out that basically the Rashbam says exactly that. Uh, he's not here to read it, so but it's the first Rashbam on Kuf Aleph Amud Aleph. Uh, I wanted to give him credit because he pointed, he brought my attention to it on Friday. But uh, it says Kiddush Parshin Tamil Kamei in Kiddush Al B'mkom Seuda Dichtiv Bekarat Shabbat Oneg B'mkom Shatakore LeShabbat in the place that you declare the Shabbat Klamar Kriat the Kiddush Sham Tei Oneg. There it should be Oneg. In other words, the idea is that you that the that the meal becomes a celebration of. The, the, the ideas of the Kiddush, the Kriya of the Kiddush, the declaration of the Kiddush, is celebrated by the meal. Changes the whole character of the meal. Okay? And it says further, he says, um, that, uh, he says, that's a, midra- that's a drash, right, from the Pasuk, inami svarahi, or you could just say it's a logic, that mid ikba Kiddush alayayin, right, so the mistama alayayin shebishat seuda, right, meaning the idea is that the yayin suggests that it's integrated with the seuda and that it's not just a free, uh, free-floating uh, entity, the kiddush. <clears throat> so the um, that's the uh, that's the rashi. So yeah, so basically that's that's the concept. So that's the machloket between what? What are you going to say? Oh. They wouldn't mention though the kiddush of Like what about the midah? They didn't mention that at all, right? What about it? Not the midah, Right, why, why just, would they mention that? Right, I mean, why aren't there Shemuel and Rav speaking about that? Why are they talking about the Kiddush afterwards? Like, I mean, you're mentioning Shabbat there. That's a Shabbat from Shabbat. Right, Isn't it's that not the Kiddush. they're fighting about? Why not? Because it's not a Yan. Is there a Shulchan Aruch here? Can you see if they have Shulchan Aruch here? I'll show you something interesting. If they have, I doubt that they have it here. They're very few Sfarim. Is it I think it's Rish Ayin Aleph. I'm not sure. In Morchan, I think it's Rish Ayin Aleph. No Mishnah Bura. Or no Mishnah Bura either. No, no, Orchain. Aruch Hashulchan. Aruch what volume do they have? Rishayin Aleph, you said? I think it's Rishayin Aleph. Oh, Isn't that you? Yeah. Let me see. What Mishnah Bura do you have? It's a Zayin or Ah, no, I need later than that. So, um, is this working with the touch screen? Yeah. Um, it's harder because what I really want is so the Achronim bring this idea let's see if it'll give us the Achronim a commentary okay um, again Abba. let's see if this is it here it's not this one. Oh yeah it is this one so anyways yeah so it's very famous the Magen Avram brings that Kiddush you, you could fulfill the mitzvah right of Kiddush through that tefillah right Right, so he, he says, Vinirali, this is the Magen Avraham and the Shulchan Aruch. So we're talking about like an Achron. What? It's in, it's in, uh, what's Reshayin Aleph? Reshayin Aleph in Orochayin? It's the Magen Avraham, uh, I think it's the first Magen Avraham. Yeah, Lechol Miyad. He says, Vinirali, the Midoraita, Vikidu Shamar Batfila Sagay. The Krakati, Zachor, Idiom Shabbat. Vare Zacharoto. Right, so what's wrong? You said the Kiddush. Uh, the Kiddush uh, is the rabbis made it. 
שכתבו את הרב מי שאין לו יין לא יקדש כלל. אוקיי? So that he brings us a support that Rabbi Nathan says you can only make Kiddush on wine. He doesn't hold bread. He's the only Rishon who holds you can't make Kiddush on bread. Everyone else says that you can. He says, no, you can't. Only wine. Rabbi Nathan. Right, so, so he says, how could it be that you can only make the Kiddush on, on wine? Right? Wine has special significance. Right. right, but that shows you, meaning that's only a Darabanan having the wine. What about the Deoraita of Kiddush? How could he tell you not to say Kiddush? If you don't have wine, you should just say the words then. Are you not fulfilling the mitzvah? Right? So he says, V'chiyakor mitzvah t'asem edeoraita. Right? What are you going to do? El al korchacha. Didai batfilah. It must be that it's good with tefilah. V'od amrinam b'kdushah. Afalgav demekadesh b'tzlota. Okay, so the point is that he's in gam havdalah. Okay, so the point is that it's from the Magen Avram. Nobody says this idea. I just want you to understand. Until the Magen Avram. That was his chidush. It became like a thing everybody accepts as the... And... And it created a lot of problems, actually. A lot of problems, because Kiddush has to mention Yitziat Mitzvah. Okay? No. Not in the... Not in the... Not in the... Not in the... It's one of the requirements. Kiddush, you have to mention the Shevach. One of them is Briyat Olam. One of them is Yitziat Mitzvah. So, so it doesn't mention... Trust me, it doesn't mention... Okay? Because everyone asks the question. Everyone asks this question. All the, I, I'm probably even in Chachino. Uh, what? What? No, you're thinking Zechel Ma'aseh Bereshit. You're not. Yeah. You're right. First of all, that's another interesting thing. Nothing to do with Kiddush. In Mushaf, in Shachrit, no. In Musaf, yes. Yeah. Why? Always thought. Why? Always thought. Yeah. What's the reason? Actually, interestingly, the like in many nuschaot they say it in altering. Uh, there, there are many that do, like the Moroccan one. They say which, according to the Pshat, the reason they don't in the morning is because they say that Yismach Moshe is referring to Matan Torah. We're celebrating the. There is like in the nighttime we're talking about the the, the Shabbat of Briyat In the morning we're talking about the Shabbat of Matan Torah. That's why it's Yismach Moshe and Matan Chelko, etc. That he, you know, and therefore we don't mention Zechel Ma'aseh Bereshit. And then Musaf, we go back to mentioning Zechel Masa Bereshit. I, I, in vain, have tried to find what the real reason is. Why should say it in Musaf? Why in Musaf? So the, I looked up, the Ben Ishchai says, the Minhag is in Baghdad, you know, that we only say it in Arvit and Musaf. Nan Shafi. He said, but I don't know why. Yeah. I said, if the Ben Ishchai doesn't know why, then how am I going to know why? He quotes it, but he doesn't give a reason. It can't be because Shafi and Musaf are one unit? But they're not really. They're not really. It makes more sense just to say it in all of them. I mean, I don't know. But, uh, but I'm saying the Ben Ishchai says that uh, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. So, uh, uh, but, but there's no Yitziat Mitzrayim mentioned in it. So that's one of the problems. You're supposed to mention Yitziat Mitzrayim in the Kiddush. We say, Zechel Yitziat Mitzrayim in the Kiddush. Right? But there's another more basic issue with the Magen Avraham. I'm not here to trash the Magen Avraham. You know, but all, pretty much all the Achronim like, accept it once he said it. They're like, oh yeah. There's a, there's a big it seems like a logical deduction of what we're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's a huge words. Meaning, right. we started off with Zahor, Zahor Yom HaShabbat. Then we're like, okay, you have to mention it on Shabbat, right? That's what we, meaning that was, that was what first Kiddush, is that you need to do Zahor on Shabbat itself, right? That's what we said. Right. And then we said, you need to do it on, on Yan. Right? Okay, That's so the Rabbanan for sure, Rabbanan, almost yeah, everyone here. Yeah. But 
and then you could derive from that, you could say it on bread all, and then you have to attach it to the meal, right? Right. So those are three those different are all steps. Right. right, but three different steps. So you could say that the Magen Ram is just thinking about the first step. He's saying, oh, you're fine, like, if you didn't, if you're able to do Durabanan, at least you did Zafuan Shabbat. I have my three issues with the Magen Ram. First of all, why doesn't it, it doesn't mention anything like that anywhere in the Gemara. Right. And it mentions it about Havdalah. Because if you remember, if you remember in Bachot, it talks about Atachonatanu, right? That you say Havdalah in the Tfilah. And that if a per, like in the time when they were poor, the Chachamim made Atachonatanu only. Oh, that would be the Right? And for Havdalah. Then when they had money, they made, right? First they did only Anyayim because they had money. Then they became poor, they said just say Atachonatanu. Then when they got rich again, they said do both. Right, but they never said that about Kiddush. Oh, we don't have wine? Just uh, say, uh, just rely on the Kiddush, on the uh, Tefillah. Why not? It was the same thing. Why only by, uh, only by, uh, uh, by Havdalah they have this idea of the Tefillah? Why didn't they mention by Kiddush? I don't know why. Right, so it's a, it's a, uh, another question. I mean, it's not a, like... What year is Magana Brown, roughly? Uh, I want to say 1700s. Oh, it's that late. Until then, no one mentioned it. Any. I think so. You can check his biography. I think 1700s. Um, late, relatively late, he brings the idea. So he's the first person to make it. But then everybody afterwards seems to follow along. 1635 to 1635. Oh, it was that early? Okay. That was close. 17th century. Yeah, but still late. So, uh, um, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a question. Why doesn't the Gemara mention it? He's the first person to introduce the idea, but everybody after him seems to accept the idea and try to come up with Tirutim for the problems. Like, what should we do about the Yitzhak Mitzrayim problem? What should we do about this? The other issue is that, which is my own, my own issue, is that Kiddush and Tfilah are not really similar. Meaning, it seems superficially. He has another thing like this, actually, the Magen uh, The Magen has another thing like this, another similar thing. That a person who missed, missed Parashat Zachor should have in mind that Parashat Bishalach, not Parashat Bishalach, yeah, Parashat Bishalach in the Vayavo Amalek. Okay? And so everyone, so. Why not just the Parashat Because, um, because in the, uh, what, it's more around the same time of the year, Bishalach. It's around like Purim time. Meaning if you didn't get Parashat Zachor, you should have in mind in Bishalach, Vayavo Amalek. Because it's closer rather than wait till like the end of the summer. I guess, you know, when you come up. So he says that. So the, the, uh, and, the and a lot of Achroni bring it. Like it's brought in the Mishnah. I'm pretty sure. But there's another problem with that too. Because the mitzvah to remember Amalek is related to the mitzvah Mechiat Amalek. And that's not mentioned in Parshat B'Shalach. It's only the story of Amalek. It's not the idea of erasing Amalek. And especially the Rambam has it. He says the reason for remembering Amalek is so you remember to destroy them. But that's not really mentioned. In Bayavo Amalek and B'Shalach, it just says, Hashem says I'm going to destroy Amalek. It never says the command for Am Yisrael to them. So he has, so that's a similar phenomenon here. What's the language of Kiddush in the Tfilah? Tfilah is a bakasha. Please Hashem make our Shabbat meaningful. Elokeinu velokeinu ritzena memenuchatenu. Right, except our our rest. Katishenu b'mitzvotecha, simchelkenu b'toratach, sabeinu b'tuvach, etc. etc. Vitarli beinu, right? Vehanchilenu, help us to inherit. What does that mean? It means that hanchilenu. I talked about it one time when I was visiting uh, one of my visits in in Chayarachamim. Right, right. What does it mean? Vehanchilenu, help us to inherit the Shabbat because it's something. It's a process. Your your experience of Shabbat. 
is not like it, it develops and evolves over time. You're trying to make it more and more meaningful. Meaningful. So it's the process. Let us inherit the real Shabbat. You know. Yeah, but you said it, Nachala is active versus Yerushalayim. Right, Yerushalayim is passive. Yeah. So you're you're taking to yourself. You're you're saying, help me to make my Shabbat more and more a part of you know more and more the type of Shabbat that it should be. But the it's all bakasha about my Shabbat. That's not a praise of Shabbat. You understand what I'm saying? It's a different tone. It's a different theme. You know? And, um, uh, yeah, and it's asking, it's like, that, that's not the theme of Kiddush. Kiddush is praising the Shabbat and praising the, and, and expressing the meaning of Shabbat. I mean, what the significance of Shabbat. And, and thanking God for giving us the Shabbat. It's not a bakasha about making my Shabbat meaningful. It's a different focus. I'm not say, and again, this is not an absolute argument against Magen Abraham. I'm just saying it's a, it, it makes me wonder why nobody else, maybe that's why nobody else came up with this idea of the Magen Abraham because it didn't really fit. Because really they're two very different kinds of things. Kiddush is a praising of Shabbat. It's not asking God to make our Shabbat meaningful. We don't say that. Say kivanu even according to the full nusach of the kiddush. Kivanu b'chalta ve'otanu kiddush temikol la'ami b'shabbat kotzecha ba'ava u'vatzon hinchaltanu. You gave us the shabbat, right? It's not asking for anything, right? It's a statement about the greatness of shabbat. It's not asking Hashem for anything. So the idea that you can take a bakasha about shabbat and make it into kiddush is not muvan me'elat. It's not like self-evident that that's the case, right? Um, you know, it's it's a good question what he says about the Rabbeinu Tam, you know. But you can have other you can have other answers to that. Meaning, how can Rabbeinu Tam say that you, if you don't have wine, just forget about kiddush? What about the mitzvah midoraita? Maybe Rabbeinu Tam will say, look, the way the Chachamim create, you know, the Chachamim defines the mitzvah that you have to do it al yidei yain, and if you don't have it, you can't do it. Just like uh, Chachamim said, uh, don't blow the shofar on the second day of Rosh, uh, and Rosh Hashanah when it falls on Shabbat. You know, sometimes the Chachamim can decide yeah. when and how you do a mitzvah. You know, there's a famous discussion of a person who sits with Roshov Rubov Sukkah ve'Shulchanov betoch Habayit. Lo yatay yatay How can you say it? Because they rob the Chachamim that you have to have your table in the Sukkah makes you no lo yatay yatay Sukkah deoraita. You know, answer is that's how they said you had to do it. The Chachamim defined the parameters of the mitzvah. Could be that Rabbi Nutan would just say they define the parameters of the mitzvah. You have to do it with yain. That's all. And so you're, you're anus, you can't do it. I'm not saying that's what you, I'm not saying any of this for sure. And I'm not trying to say them again, but I'm, you know, so just saying. So three problems are, Gemara doesn't mention for Kiddush, but it does for Abdallah. <clears throat> Kiddush and Tefillah are not similar. And is the third one that it doesn't mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim? That's a problem everyone asks on it. That everyone asks that. Where does it say it has to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim? It mentions it later on, that the, the Kiddush has to have Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I forget exactly where it is that it mentions it. But it mentions in the Gemara. It, in the Gemara yeah, mentions yeah, it. It has Yitzhak Mitzrayim, yeah. So it's a, it, these are just questions. Is I don't there, have an answer. Is there another question? <laughs> uh, what? Is there another question? I no, no, I think that's it. Yeah, just that the, what, what, what questions do you have? Why are going to have this? Kiddush and Tefillah are not similar and doesn't mention Yitzhak Yeah, these are all problems with it, you know? And then this Shitab, the Magen Avram, generates other problems. Like I'm saying, it generates a whole literature. Like, uh, like uh, what, what, what should we do about Yitzhak Mitzrayim? So some of the Yachronim were like, oh, so you better throw into the Amidah if you don't have wine. Zechel Yitzhak Mitzrayim, you know? All of a sudden you're going to change the language of the Amidah to make... It's, it's a strange, strange solution. The Magen Avram didn't even say that. 
You know, and then the the other thing, the other thing that everyone asks, and let me see if you can you can find out the problem with this. Okay, everybody asks this question, and it make and I don't understand it. Maybe you can help me understand it. I don't understand. Everyone asks this. You don't understand the question. No, no, yeah, I don't understand how they can ask this question. It doesn't. The question doesn't make any sense. But listen to the question and tell me if it does. Okay, here's the question. A guy goes to shul Friday night. He prays Arvit. According to the Magen Abraham, he already fulfilled the mitzvah the right of Kiddush. Okay. Now he comes home. He has a wife. The famous question. He, he, he fulfilled the He comes home. He has a wife. Also, she's Chayevet Mina Torah. Yes. Kiddush. But you already fulfilled the mitzvah. You're only Midrabanan. Now your Kiddush is fully Midrabanan because you already did the Deoraita. Hers is Deoraita. How can you be Motzi, your wife, your Dechoba of the Kiddush? Everyone goes crazy on this. They try to come up with Deoraita. Oh, because you didn't have in mind during the Amidah that you were. You shouldn't have in mind because if you do, they're not going to be able to say the Kiddush. This is what they, they all go crazy. So you're saying I don't you understand could. this question. Why can't you do it? If I said Kiddush for you on Friday night, I could say Kiddush for 500 yeah, people yeah, yeah. over and over again. A, even though I completely am not Chayav at all. Right. I don't have to be Chayav. I don't have to be Chayav. I have to be a Bar Chiyuvah. Yeah. Right? I'm, I don't have to actually be Chayav. You can do a mitzvah 100. I can read like, the Megillah 10 like, times. Bracha. I've done it. No, but, why shouldn't she? Yeah. Isn't, isn't the question why shouldn't she say the Bracha? No, yeah, the question is, how can you be motzi? I'm saying, how can you be motzi? In most families, the husband makes kiddush for the question. Why, 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 <clears throat> why is that the question? Why is the question? Shouldn't she say it if she has It's the same thing. It's just two sides of the same question. Right. Meaning, how can you do it? No, why to should you friend. do it if she should do it? Same question. No, but the point is, You're saying the point no is problem. you can do it. But I'm saying, I don't know. Why can you do it? It's no difference. If I were not chayav midoraita because I'm 12 years old, Right. Then okay, but I'm not, I am chayav midoraita. I just fulfilled the obligation already. I can fulfill the obligation yeah. for a hundred more people. What's the You're problem? Still chayav I, don't I don't understand. I don't All the achonim asked this, and I'm thinking, what kind of question is that? What am I missing something? Wait, you agree? I never understood. If you're not chayav midoraita anymore, then it's a question. If, if I were not Chayav Midoraita at all, because I'm 11 years yeah. old. So you're saying yeah. you are still Chayav Midoraita even though you did the Mitzvah. You, you're, you're, you're what's you're called a Chayav You're Chayav in the Mitzvah, yeah, you chayav. just fulfilled it. Yeah. You're still Chayav Who said I can't blow the shofar for in, in seven different Batek Nesset? It's still Chayav Midoraita. I'm, I'm a Bar Chiyuvah. I'm, I'm subject to the Mitzvah. Well, I, I could go to seven different Batek Nesset and say, uh, and, say uh, and, and blow the shofar for them. Yeah. It's no problem. Exactly. So what's the problem? I, I don't understand this. I don't understand how the Achronim asks this question. I, I, I'm, somebody has to explain to me. I don't know. But anyway, that's the Maganafa. I'm bringing it up because I think it's an example of how when you learn things, you, you know, okay, how can I say this? <laughs> you, you need to, it's a red flag, like the one we saw this morning, when a late Authority brings up a big chidush. You should always go back to the sources and ask yourself, why did nobody else say this? A very obvious chidush. Right? Chidush. Uh, something that would yeah. seemingly be very obvious. And that's, you know, not in any way lizalzel in any great... There are chidushi sometimes, you know? You just have to be a skeptic about it and you have to go back to the basic sources and ask yourself a basic question. 
perhaps the reason why nobody came up with this idea is because it's not correct. Right. And it, gener- and it created so many problems. Oh my gosh. Another problem that didn't even make any sense, but still, people made it as a problem. How can I be motzi the... Uh, in bnei bet, how can he be motzi bnei beto yedei chovah if he if he already fulfilled the mitzvah there? Right? Not really a question. But. You, you think that again, Abraham didn't think of that question? Right. Like, that's the type of thing like a yeshivish person would probably right. ask. But but briskers don't like lachonim anyway, so they wouldn't ask them. Hmm. Only the uh, only the people in the real yeshivish people would ask that. But it seems very obvious. I, w- I would like. I honestly would be happy if somebody explained to me where, why they thought that was a problem. I can't I can't understand it. I remember asking it having this problem a long, long time ago I asked this question. I'm talking about like I was probably, I was probably, uh, I don't even know, 20, 18. I was already, it bothered me like for many, many, many years. I've never, I've looked in every time I see a sefer, like a super commentary, I try to find someone who at least mentions it. I don't know. It's a very obvious problem. What's the know. answer they give? I don't, I don't know. I, nobody notices they that they it doesn't make sense. They just ask a question and that's it? Yeah. No, no, they no, give answers. They'll give answers to the They give answers to the, the question. Right, yeah. they try to deal with it, but it's not a question. I don't understand. Yeah. How, yeah. Nobody yeah. noticed that's not a question? You have to sort of think critically. You can't uh, accept everything, especially from the later, later sources when earlier sources didn't even notice this, this possibility or this problem. No, I, There's I, a reason why. You know? It's like what I was telling you. Well, either because they thought the answer was obvious or because you weren't learning right, right. or because it's not that there can't be a chidush. It's not that there can't be a chidush. It's just that if it's a chidush that's so obvious and would change halachic things right. in a significant way, it would be strange that you would discover that. You could discover an idea, obviously, a new idea, Torah is infinite. You could discover a new idea. Actually, that's one of the things that Chavetz Chaim said in the book also, in the Torah, is that Kodashim is the best thing to learn because you can have a lot of Chidushim because nobody ever learns it. Nobody ever thought of that. Right, nobody, nobody thinks about it. So you can have a lot of Chidushim, nobody thought. And, and so you can add to the literature. If you do, uh, if you look at how, me, how much is on, like written on like, Yivamot, especially. If you want to know what the most important Mesechot are in the Yeshiva world, look at what there's the most commentary on. Right? So like you see, like Bava Metzia especially. It, it's the most halachan in Maseh of the Babavis. It has so much. You know, it's so much commentary. That you're going to come up with a new chidush that nobody ever thought of in there? It's not as like, not likely. Maybe you would have like a, an insight, you know, but something totally new. It would be hard. That doesn't mean you shouldn't learn it. You don't have to. You don't have to come up with totally no idea that nobody thought of it. Um, anyway. Uh, if you can even understand what other people wrote about it, this is a good. Let's see. I want to see what if I think. See, one of the this was my favorite sefer when I was growing up. I love it. And he he talks about all these kinds of issues. Almost any question he, he talks about in a, in, a, in a subject. So in kiddush, ah, he talks about the uh, he talks about using tefillah. He talks about how you have to, have to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim. It says on Davkuf Yudzayin. You have to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim. This is in the Mitzvah Lamed Aleph in the, in the Minchat Chinuch. Minchat Chinuch was actually lit, written by a, a Hungarian uh, uh, like uh, rabbi, Rabbeinu Yosef Babad. I wonder if he's uh, related to the Babad of Yerushalayim, probably. You know? And um, he, 
he was really came into the yeshiva world because the briskers really liked Sefer Minchat Chinuch. You'll see a lot of yeshivot, they have like Chaburot uh, in Sefer Minchat Chinuch. It's very popular because it's very analytical, very analytical. So he talks about the same realm. He mentions the Magen Avraham here that we just read. And about what about the fact that uh, you have to mention Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And he also talks about the issue of uh, being Motzi Nashim. I want to see. I, I'm sure that he doesn't mention the problem that I said because then I would know. I don't think he really relates directly to the problem. But really, so many problems and issues he deals with, it's really a good sefer to know and to have. Because he, uh, a lot of questions and issues that it's he up as this time It's before. on the mitzvot, it's on the sefer chinuch. But he doesn't really deal so much with the sefer chinuch. It's like, a, he uses that as a springboard to basically discuss all the sugyot around the mitzvah. So, like, the reason why I found it very useful as a kid is because if you want to just have, like, idiot of an area, and know the different issues. Like if you learn it, it exposes you to all the important sugyot. So I used to just take this with me anywhere I would go. Instead of teaching, taking a gemara, anything like that, it gives you, but it goes into more depth. It raises questions and then questions to think about. A lot of times about Rambams, like it'll show a contradiction in Rambam, to think about, to come up with some kind of an answer. So a lot of times I would use it to, to find interesting questions and then like make a shiur out of his questions you know, with maybe your own answer, but it, it stimulates your thought, even if you don't think that his answers are necessarily on target. Like the Barbanel is also like that. He has amazing questions. Sometimes you might not feel that his answers are like resonate with you, but his questions are amazing. So they give you a nice fodder to think about. I find them really useful for that. It's really, really, he talks about the Yitzhak Mitzrayim problem. And, uh, what does he propose? Let's see. it's a type of issue like I would expect somebody like Aruch HaShulchan to, to notice that like the key do he, he, he would notice something like that no, if just like the problem that, no, the one. other problem that the whole nature of Bakashat Filah is not the same thing as Kidu like, the fundamental the changes the Bakashat part of but it's still a Bakashat in essence I'm saying it's still not but, about but phrasing Shabbat that's not the main question the main question is because that's halakhic Right. To me, the more fundamental question is the conceptual question. I see what you're, you're right. Halakhically, that's the two problems they raise is the one about being motzi is not really a question. I don't get why they think it's a okay, question. So Please that. find out why they think that's a question. If you see any source, I would love to know. Um, that's one uh, supposed question, you know. The other question is it's yeah, which is practical. But he fixed it. Right. But you have answer. to be mosif something into the new yeah, Sakhatsvila. Yeah, exactly. exactly. okay. so if you don't have wine, so you're mosif something. Okay. But the, even the Magen Avram himself didn't say that. He didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to say that. You got that. I, I'm more bothered by, the, by the, the fact that nobody before him mentions it. And when you see that the nature of a tefillah is not the same as Debrei Shevach Shel Shabbat. It's not Debrei Shevach Shel Shabbat. It's... it's 
It's asking God to make my Shabbat meaningful. It's a totally different thing. It's, it's also, you're not dealing with an ideal circumstance. Obviously, ideally, you should have wine. Okay? But if you don't have the ideal, so you're doing a less ideal But he's ideal still thing, saying you're, you're saying, he's saying even, normal, even normally, you're going to say the Chobah with the, with the, the, the Amidah. Okay. Really, technically, when you go home, you're only doing a Dravana. He's saying. The stam is you. I, I doubt. I'm very skeptical what, about. What's bothering you about those things? So, so what? So you don't have wine because you do it in tefillah, and you're not doing it exactly perfectly. But no one mentions it's it. It's a not perfect right. situation. So that's a that's a that's a very pragmatic way of approaching it. Yeah, I'm more like wondering. More yeah. Pragmatic. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, Rather than uh, It's not really cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying I think the reason why nobody before the Magen Avram had this idea is because it doesn't really fit with what tefillah is. Like the whole point of kiddush is that it's a praise of Shabbat. Now, if you go back to the core of what it is, it's an articulating of the greatness of Shabbat. It's not a tefillah. So to try to use the tefillah, because indirectly it mentions Shabbat, is a stretch. And maybe that's why none of the no, nobody before him had that idea. I'm not saying he might, bidiyavad, maybe it would work or something. Like, they, they take this idea so far, so far, that they say, even saying Shabbat Shalom, maybe you're going to say the Chobah. Because you acknowledge Shabbat. It's like, how far are you going to go with it? You know, but, yeah, yeah. I've heard people say that. I think actually Rabbi Akiva Eger says something like that. I'm talking about you know somebody more yeshivish. Maybe go back to the fundamentals. Um, it's why, really just about Asarat Shabbat. They don't want. They're afraid that they're going to be Yotei Chobah before they get home. That must be it. That's why they. That's why they don't acknowledge you. They're being machmir. I know people who don't say Shabbat Shalom in the morning because they think they're saying you're not allowed to say Shalom before the Tefillah. What happens when you come to the booty? If you see somebody on the street, you're actually allowed to, but you're not supposed to go to somebody and say shit. But in any case, the idea, I'm just trying to point out that when you, when you approach a mitzvah, can, let, let me put it this way, when you approach a mitzvah from the foundation, such as understanding what the essence of Kiddush is, and you start with that, and then you read a lot of the Pilkulim and the Chidushim of the later Achronim, a lot of times they're not as satisfying because they, they're not necessarily based on, um, they're, they're not necessarily based on the big picture of what the mitzvah is. I guess this is bothering people. They're more based on the technical. What? He's like fighting the whole yeshiva system about why they go so you and into like, the Pilkulim. Like, I think he gets it from me. Like this, this doesn't excite me. It's like, okay, so, like, like, getting into, into the topic, dissecting into the point where the topic completely changes from what it's supposed to be. No, but that's, but what, it's, that's, but that's, but that's what it's supposed to be. I'm trying to illustrate saying, to you. The, the, your, the problem that you're raising is a, it's a fundamental problem. It's saying, what's the nature of the thing? But the nature of the thing is an ideal. Right? And then sometimes you can't do the, the ideal. The, so the, if you can't do the ideal, the, 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 the practical the, application can't defer from the nature of the thing. So it's, you're I'm, seeing a, a dissonance between the two. I'm saying you have the ideal, and we all agree this is the ideal, right? Whatever the circumstances are for the ideal. Now you're dealing in a non-ideal way and trying to make it ideal. But, but it's not ideal. Okay, put that aside. For, that's, the pra- that's, that's in terms of like the practical application, right? right? But in terms of understanding what is Kiddush, right? If you get but we lost... we understood that in the ideal. Right, right. So if you get... The only reason I brought it up of this whole point, I think, was because when you're thinking about Kiddush, you think about certain pitfalls in thinking that come when you're not rooted first in a clear understanding of what the mitzvah is and you separate the dinim of the mitzvah 
from a substantive understanding of what the mitzvah is, so then a lot of things will start to make sense that only make sense because you're not rooted in what really the mitzvah is. So true, maybe, maybe you would get credit for the mitzvah in a technical way, uh, you know, bidiyabad or something like that. But the point is that there's not a, they're not starting from the point of the, just like a person who learns, let's say, about Kiyush without even reading a pasuk. You ask him, what, uh, it would be interesting, one of, the, one of my friends used to say, go up to somebody in the yeshiva and ask them, what mitzvah are you learning about in the Gemara? What mitzvah is it? No idea. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Ask a guy learning Elu Mitziot, right? Elu Mitziot in, in Baba Mitziah. What mitzvah? I'm learning about, like, do I have to return uh, a package that's wrapped if it looks like this? No, no, what mitzvah is it? What, what, which one of the targets? I'm going to do this. Right? The answer is Hashabat Aveda, obviously. That's a simple example, right? It's a simple example. But like not being grounded in Torah Shebikhtav or in what the actual mitzvah is or discussing how, well, you see, Kiddush is really Divrei Shevach about Shabbat. So then you can, when you make it just a uh, mechanical ritual without having the context of what the meaning is, so then you can kind of like separate out the dinim and say, well, you mentioned Shabbat over here. So technically, you know, that's really considered they fulfilled the Deoraita. No, maybe we could give someone credit for that Bidiyavah, but you didn't actually fulfill the Deoraita. That's not the mitzvah. Right? Meaning, when you have an idea of what, it, what the, you're grounded in the fundamentals, so you're actually protected from pilpul. Because all of this pilpul happens because instead of understanding fundamentally what the mitzvah was about, the dinim were separated from the substratum. And it's a very, that's really what pilpul is. That's especially what Ashkenazi learning. Uh, mental gymnastics. Right. But why does that happen? Because they will isolate out a certain rule like like Shinui Ba'alim, right? Shinui and then Yushin, whatever you were talking about last night, right? So once you take the idea, certain principles out of their context and you just argue about the principle and you give more Chidushim on that principle and another Chidushim, another chidush, you go further and further away from, wait a second, what is Gzela and why is yeah. Shinui Ba'alim relevant to Gzela? Just why? Why is Yush relevant? That was what, half an hour right. Back. What does it even mean that Shinui that Shinui of uh, not Shinui Balim, Shinui uh, of the you know in the object, right? Why should that even make a difference? You know, oh, is it because if, uh, what, without going into that? So yeah, but I'm just saying, just asking the basic question: What is Gzela? What is the problem with Gzela? Why would the object undergoing a change make a difference? Right. That's, that's like the kind of question you really should ask first. And then a lot of times then you'll see some pilpul and you'll be like, this entire pilpul is based on not even beginning to understand the basic so, idea of what the mitzvah is about. Not even under, taking an idea out of its context and then developing all kinds of different analysis based on the idea without seeing it in its actual context, what, the, what it actually means. That's, the, that's really what pilpul is. Pilpul is out of context thinking. Taking a din or taking an, a, taking an aspect of something, it would be like if you took the tail of the elephant without the actual elephant and made a whole book about the anatomy of elephants based on the tail. Okay? The, you don't know what the tail... You have to look at what the tail is in reference to the function of the whole. Not just the tail. Yeah. You know, and so if you had a whole analysis, oh, the tail moves this way at a certain time of the day. It must be because at that time of the... What, it's attached to an animal. You have to look at why it's moving based on the reference to the entire animal, not just based on the tail. You're not going to be able to explain it in terms of just the tail. 
You need to look at it. And that was why the Rambam, by the way, the Ram, one of the Rambams, everyone asks, why in Sefer mitzvot is it so important to the Rambam to count mitzvot? Who cares? Who cares? What? No, no, this is not a mitzvah. Or not to say that two mitzvot are really one. Not to say that one mitzvah is really two. Who cares? In the end of the day, the halachot are the same. Same halachot. What does it matter? One mitzvah, two mitzvot? Right, same. If you can come up with You can come up with the same number. If you pill pull it enough, you'll get the same number. You'll get 613 you can find a way. Right? A lot of people did. A lot of people did. And the Rambam thought they were totally wrong. And they would have thought the Rambam was wrong. Let's say. Right? Like they counted Ner Hanukkah, they counted, you know, he makes fun of them for that, the obvious ones. Where but against the number 613? For the Gemara. So why is it important to know? Because if you don't know what the units, if you don't know the unit of the mitzvah, then if you see a specific halakha, is it part of a, is it part of a bigger thing? Which thing is it a part of? Which does it come from? Because I need to understand it in its context. What is part of that mitzvah? What isn't part of the mitzvah? Because I need to understand whatever those details are in terms of what the totality is. If you see a certain feature of a thing and you don't know what's causing it, let's say in medical, medically, you don't know which, which system of the body is causing this particular symptom. Okay? If you only have access to one system and you have to only explain it in terms of this part of the body, but that might not be the part of the body that it is, but you assume that it's coming from the arm, let's say. Shoulder. Maybe it's not coming from the shoulder. Maybe it's coming from the, some other part. So you need to know what that particular is deriving from in order to know, uh, you know, is Kriyat Shema Yom Valayla, is it two mitzvot or is it one mitzvah? It's important to know because should I look at it as one thing and therefore the dinim of Kriyat Shema Shal Arvid and Kriyat Shema Shal Shachrit, it's really one thing. I have to understand all of them together. It's one unit, one idea. Or is it really two different things so I can understand each one as an isolated thing and the dinim of Kriyat Shema Shal Shachrit and Kriyat Shema Shal Arvid, I can understand them independently of one another. It makes a difference when you try to understand the mitzvah, how you put those pieces together, how you look at those dinim. And what happens in Pilpul, the real disaster of Pilpul, and even if some of them love this, maybe a lot, is that it, it takes features of a mitzvah or principles of halakha without thinking about what do they really come from, what are they really based on, and it makes them independent substances. Right? It makes the, 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 the din separate from the mitzvah and discusses the din as if it stands alone and self-evident separately from the source that actually emerges from it. That's, that's the biggest logical error a person can make. Okay, that's the biggest logical error a person can make is a, a, what they call in logic, taking the accident for the essence, basically, or substance, accident for substance. The sub, instead of seeing the substance, you see a detail, instead of t- knowing what the substance is and explaining the details in terms of the substance, you take one feature and you try to explain the feature in and of itself. And that's what all this pill-pull is. All this pill-pull, like what you were having last night, is taking one detail of the mitzvah and having a discussion about that one detail without making any reference yeah, to what is this really a part of. And then you pretend as if that's the mitzvah. Yeah. Right, exactly. It becomes no, its own... It's own right. If you went back to the fundamentals, a lot of times you would see that the basis. whole conception of that principle that you had was totally wrong to begin because you didn't look at that it. That was the exact word that we were doing. Yeah, that was that, the point was of goal. last night. Right, that was the goal. That was the point. That was the goal, but it's a long journey. It, it was. Right, because they've already taken so many steps away 
There's so many steps away from understanding what Kiddush is to thinking that saying Shabbat Shalom no, to someone on the street constitutes Kiddush. <laughs> it's like it's very difficult to get back. For the record, we actually got back to the Torah. He's a smart kid. Yeah, of we course he's got, We actually got back that's, to the Torah. That's understandable. That he's saying, smart, but not everyone is that smart. I'm saying he, he took it back. Right, right. That's good. good. That's good. He, he was able to not everybody, not everybody is, yeah, is, is that capable. Well, he's very smart. Yeah, he's I'm right. just saying that's the problem with people and in general with Ashkenazi-style learning. That it divorces the Torah Shebaal Peh from the Torah Shebikhtav. Or it divorces... What does the Ralbag do? He wants everything to be rooted in the Torah Shebikhtav, first of all. And then in the Shorashim, the basic fundamentals of the Torah Shebaal Peh, and see how everything emerges from those fundamentals. Then all of a sudden, a detail that's on the last page of, uh, of, the, of the Halakha connects back to... Like what we're talking about, Tchelet and Lavan. Okay? Tchelet and Lavan. If you understand Tzachelet is a separate mitzvah out there And Lavan is a separate mitzvah out there So why is, you know, the Rambam shows you that that's really not the case The way that he formulates the halachot But if you're forcing it into a certain understanding You won't be able to see that And you see how understanding the din of Tzachelet In the context of the mitzvah of Tzitzit makes so much more sense But when you try to separate it out and it becomes its own thing Then it doesn't make any sense So it's just, there are many examples of that But I just wanted to illustrate that as a methodological thing that you have to be careful. Sometimes their questions that they raise actually are helpful. Like, I actually found the Magen Avram helpful. Not because I think it's correct, but because... What, and Rabbi Akiva Eger once said, they said that... Uh, he said, they said, why don't you learn Achronim? You only learn Rishonim. He said, because I am an Achron. He's like, we are Achronim. So we, you know, we learn the Rishonim. So the... the uh, <laughs> so the point is that we're also... So the, uh, when, when I look at the Magen Avram or any of these people, what it helps me with is their ideas a lot of times raise, point you to the actual idea. Hey, yeah, why is it that nobody says that tefillah can be the Kiddush except for the Magen Avram centuries later? Oh, it actually highlighted for my mind the difference between how Shabbat is presented in tefillah and how it's presented in tefillah. That's why, because really they're so different. That's why maybe you could be Yotze B'diyavah. That's not even the question. The question is, why are they really different? What, and it highlights the difference between two. And I think that's really interesting. So a lot of times the, the points that they make point you to a deeper understanding, even if you don't agree with their conclusion. And I like that. That's, that's helpful. I had a hard time understanding how, where, two-part question very quick. Where does it say Kiddush has to be Debrei Shabbat? The Rambam also, said. The Rambam said that. The Rambam, yeah, the Rambam yeah. said Debrei Shabbat Kiddush. And why can't your Amidah be Debrei Shabbat as well? I think the point is that comes to light is that when you look at the the whole picture of the Tefillah, the main point of the Tefillah is a, is a request that Hashem it's should. Shabbat, it's all about, it's the same words as Kiddush. Except it's not at all. It's not at all. I read the words of the read the words of the Tefillah, please. Do you, oh, you don't have a Tfilat B'nai Tzion. Okay, but Diabad, you can use that. Whatever that's it. Okay, so where did it mention in there phrase of Shabbat? Okay, so there you go. Okay, so there you go. That in, in the context, Still, okay, that, that would be a closer to a Divrei Shevach, okay? And so, then you have the Vayichol. Yeah, Vayichol is just, okay. No, right. but I'm saying, but so, so okay. also... So, so maybe you can be, uh, you can be, uh, you can say that that's one of, maybe that's part of the basis, but still, the in total, 
even that shevach is mainly for the bakasha. Right, it's right? Up meaning it's setting up the bakasha as opposed to the kiddush. Right, the kiddush is purely just praising shevach. It's not asking for anything. So yeah, you're right. That's why the Megan Avram could come and say, well, you do praise Shabbat. It's just that that's not the... Right, the video would be good. It's just that's not the purpose. But I like it. I like his, his idea helped me clarify that the thrust of the tefillah is really Bakashava Shabbat. And that's not found in the Kiddush. And I never really paid attention to that before I thought about that problem. Meaning uh, to notice that difference between the Kiddush and the tefillah. That there really is a difference. There's overlap, but there's really a difference in the thrust of it, which is interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Pre the formulation of the Kiddush, pre Ezra, how would someone be kept in this No, so they say that they would just have to say their own Debrei Shabbat Vikidush about Shabbat, just like Tfilah. They would just have to say their own, whatever they would praise Shabbat. So if you would go to like, uh, Usually, if you would go to a very loquacious person's house for Shabbat, you'd be there a long time. <laughs> I'll, this week I'll be uh, giving a 30 minutes <laughs> dissertation on the meaning of Shabbat. Usually how normal bring like uh, an evolution. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, they didn't have the yai. <laughs> I could think of certain rabbis that you'd be there a long time. Very long time. Uh, I'll come once. I'll come. Uh, one, one meal. <laughs> and That's it. We would have a lot of guests at ours. <laughs> That's what you'd open up with. Come, come for lunch. Come we up. have a very short. We have a very short kiddush. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to have a different one, that'd be funny. It's kind of like the way Sedarim go nowadays. You know, people some people have a longer set there. They take a lot of time. The kids give the Torah. Other ones have a very short one. They finish early. You know, that's an example of where the Chazal left an opening for the person to really express. You know. Even though they gave us a text to frame it, but they actually opened up the possibility of you elaborating and expressing your own, uh, expressing it your own way, which is different than the. Uh, but ironically, than, than, not the What? Into that because yeah, because Sipur is different. Sipur, Sipur is a communication between two people. So if I need to explain to my kids about Yitziat Mitzrayim. I need to know my kid, what their, what their thoughts are, what their frame of reference is, what their cultural exposure is, you know, what I can use as examples that resonate even with different kids. What resonates with different kids is going to be different, even in the same setting. So it requires like subjective tailoring. So the, and, and what the level of knowledge is of the parent who's delivering the instruction or the level of knowledge of the child that's receiving it. It's, it's much more complicated. It's really, so that's why they left it open. To uh, you know, to, to be able, yeah, but it, but in kiddush, it's like in a way, it's a kind of a shame, you know, that you can't express your own shavach. Yeah, shavach, and uh, they did it in order to standardize it. But you could see that how it would there would be meaning and not going on for six hours, but like being able to add, like it's like a toast, right? My toast of the week. Yeah, you would, you would have to reflect on it. You would have to Harlem? think about it. It would, it would be really meaningful. Where does Harlem get the idea of shavach from? Kiddush has to have Shabbat. I, that's how we interpret the Le Kaddisho. You have to sanctify it, meaning you have to express that it's distinct. Yeah, actually, yeah. so much more good. Yeah, I feel like it would be so nice. Then you, make it like you would have to think about it every yeah, week. Or different people could do it. Different people could do it. They're sick from, from school, uh-huh. and now they're home, and now they're better, so you know, thank you. It that's means more. Yeah. It means more. To it's reflect cool. every week on the meaning of Shabbat. We really messed up Judaism. That was on Sheikh Nesetak Nullah. <laughs> Who wasn't us? <laughs> no. Who wasn't us?
But I think, in a way, they wanted to standardize it because, I mean, part of it was a language issue, they said. Part of it is that it sets a certain basic, the basic ideas of Shabbat are contained in it. So instead of relying on the individual, they gave the basic idea of Shabbat. Obviously, what you think about when you're saying the Kiddush can be deeper and more expansive or less. But and that's where they leave it up to you. But in terms of the actual words, to make sure you hit all the important words. Yeah, that's the problem. That's a problem with with a lot. It's always a trade off. Yeah. You know, the the system of mitzvot is is a trade off between the you know the benefits. Like the Rambam actually says something similar to that. He says, he says a religion without korbanot in the times of the Torah was given would be like a religion today with no rituals at all, only thinking about God. Where does he say this? In the Mordechai. Yeah. He's like, it would be without, imagine if you had no rituals and no tefillah. And he, he says a few times, closer to true religion is things like tefillah and tefillah. Closer to true religion. <laughs> now, but he said, but imagine if, but of course other external rituals are further away. It would be like if you had a religion with no, with thought alone. No, no rituals and no tefillah. Nothing. So meaning, meaning that yeah, it would. You need structure. You can't have a community not based on ritual structure, right? So, so without that, you you leave it up to the individual's level of uh, development, and you have nothing to unify you. Nothing to unify. You. So, like of course, then with structure comes the danger of worshiping the structure over the actual purpose. And that's what happens, basically. Right. So the Mikdash is really supposed to constantly correct for both problems by providing the structure, but also having as the well limud Torah that's constantly explaining to you the, you know, the, 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 the vitality of the, and the tefillah, of course, but connects you, yeah. And the individuality of the service. In the yeah, it's supposed to be a blending of all these things and a balance of all of them. But of course, when the Kohanim become corrupt, so then, well, you know, not, the Kohanim were not like our Kohanim. They, didn't, they weren't Zohe to have a, a, a Kohen Tzedek. Meaning when no one's you know? teaching you the right way, and then... It, and, and they up themselves up. are materialistic right. and it looking to make a buck. Right. Messes up the whole thing. You know, that's why you have... Maybe we should stop the recording, friends. I'm not sure, but... You know, that's why you have today, you know, even many rabbis that, you know, they're just miracle, they're just, they're, they have a mystique, you know, they're not really like, uh, they're not trying to get people away from the idea of, of, of mystique, they're, they're, they're benefiting from it. They create, a, they create a mystique around themselves that empowers them, it's not really, a, it's not really helping the people, it's not really, the real help would be to get them away from that kind of thinking, into a deeper thinking. How do you see that? What did Yosef say? Bil Adai, Elohim I'm not a miracle worker. It's, it's wisdom of God. What did Daniel? We're going to see what Daniel yes. does. Daniel, same thing. Nebuchadnezzar's like, let's worship Daniel and, and burn incense before him. And Daniel's like, no, not not. They say the same. There's a midrash about that Abraham Avinu also actually. Um, that when they said Nesi Elohim that they wanted to worship him, and he said no, only Hashem. So. All of these people were so great that they had the ability to be like Bil'am if they wanted to and basically utilize their smarts to manipulate people and put themselves in a position of authority instead of educating them. Because to educate people is to empower them and to weaken yourself. You're weakening yourself and empowering 
Uh, you're weakening them that you're. Uh, Right, exactly. I love that. Well, what's the, what's the it, always, it always makes me emotional. Right. You know, when it says, uh, when, when Yoshua says, Adonim Moshe How can you have people with their own ideas? Yeah. <laughs> you have people with their own nivua. It's not good. He says, ten kol right? That if only all of the Jewish people could be prophets, right? He, you know, that that's, Hashem a would put, he, that's a true teacher and true leader. You right. want to see. That Hashem puts His Ruach on everybody. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says. Yeah. Exactly, that's exactly. That's, that's real, a true Chacham and a true Chacham Israel, as opposed to Bil'am, as opposed to uh, the, the Catholic Church that was against the printing press because people would be able to read. Okay? They only wanted the priests to know what the Bible said. Okay? That's, that's literally the uh, empowering yourself at the expense of the people. Instead of, no, your job is to empower the people, not to empower yourself. If you have that power of knowing something, you have to give it. You're not allowed to keep it. It's not yours. Power and board. Keep that in mind. You know, that's, that's, that's the philosophy that a person... You represent the people. Yeah, and, and, and that's... That's, that's, the adi- that's the attitude the person has to have, that you're there to benefit the people. Yeah. In any case, so that's, that's the... Uh, that's the, the true uh, the true leader is supposed to be there. How do we get onto that? I don't even remember. <laughs> How do we get onto that? Do you remember? How did we get onto that? It was connected to something. It's probably the Maganabam's question about yeah. the big picture. You got a big zakhut. Leilui nishmato. Leilui nishmato. Leilui nishmato. We got to the big picture part of Judaism rather than... Fragmented, pilpolistic Judaism. We have to we have to build on everything that we have. You know, look... These are great chachamim. They just uh, you, you have to you have to benefit from everyone as you can. You know, and, uh, there's something to learn from everyone. Sometimes a big midrash twenty four hours a day, so you have to figure more things to think about. Yeah, it's true too. <laughs> well, look, I, I don't want to get too far, but uh, but it, there's some truth to that. But in any case, the point is that you can have uh, that the purpose of the now I remember what it was. Yeah, the purpose of the Torah, the Torah system, ideally with good leadership, is supposed to blend the structure of a national the national structure of a community of mitzvot with facilitating the ongoing growth. Actually, that's a really interesting connection to what we're talking about in the Ralbag. Because remember the Ralbag said you have the mitzvot, which are the core, the 613 mitzvot that you do, and then you have midot development and intellectual development. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what that is. Because the mitzvot are really the structure, and then within that, individuals grow in midot and knowledge, and that has to be facilitated by teachers, of course. But that's, that's really what he's talking about there. The aspects of the Torah that are fluid. For the, that's individually fluid. You can't have fluidity on the national level. You have to have law. Because that's the structure that creates community and creates society and nation. Right? It's very interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, let's see what happens next in the Gemara that we never actually learned. Structure allows for... Oh, okay. Is yeah. Real Gemara. Okay. Yeah, because what, what did, what, like we said on Shabbat. The, like Rabbi Soloveitchik said it really well. He said, the book of Talmud Bavli is not Gemara, it's the result of Gemara. The thought is the Gemara, that's what the Rambam says. The real Talmud is the learning in depth. This is just a springboard to help you to, to in depth, no, to help you understand. Yeah. Right. No, but real Eon is real. So, <laughs> really, there's such a thing? Okay, let's go further. Where starts? Um, 
we got, we really actually read up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines to, from the top of Kufal of Amoral. Where it says, Amar Leirav Avnan Bar Tachlifa. Right? Because he was talking about En Kiddush Al Makom Even if it's, right, you can't go from one house to the other because that breaks the relationship between the Kiddush and the Suda that it's supposed to be Mekadesh. Right? So Rabbanan Bar Tachlifa said, Zibnin Tzagi'in Avakaimna Kamedesh Shmuel. There are many times I was in front of Shmuel, who is the who in the Talmud Bavli is the only person who believes Kiddush Makom Suda is necessary. And the Talmud Yushalmi, Rab, also agrees with it, which is interesting. Um, he went from the roof to the ground and then made Kiddush. What does that mean? What does that mean? Went from the roof to the ground and made Kiddush. Changes Makom? Yeah, he changes Makom, and then what, so what did he have to do? Yeah, he had to do Kiddush again, right? Because he, because he, meaning even in the same structure, but you weren't in the same place. Right? So there's a whole discussion in. We say Kiddush The Shulchan Aruch talks about that. If you have in mind, right? They didn't have in mind that they, they say that that's because if you're planning, meaning the idea of Kiddush Makom Seuda, don't interpret it in a primitive way that it means that physical location of this, right? Like it doesn't have to be understood that way. It could be understood that the Kiddush is related to the Seuda. So if you go to a totally different location, obviously there's now no connection, but if you're upstairs and downstairs in the same building, and everyone is coming, and everyone is coming you, can, you can say that the Kavanah, the person's Mitzarif, the Kiddush, even the, the Shulchan Aruch brings it. It's not like, uh, it's not like a radical idea. But you have to sit in the same room. Right. Meaning, it's a question. Do you have to express the relationship between the Kiddush and the Seuda physically, that they be in the same location literally, or no, it's enough that the kavanah is mitzarifta. Here, it's seemingly, they would learn that uh, it means that they didn't have in mind. So then, and then they decided to go downstairs and eat, so they had to do kiddushim. He, he allows it, allows it. If you can see the place for sure, then, you know, if you have it in mind, they bring, he brings the different opinions. We, can, we have to look and we have to see, see that. But let's first try to understand the sources he was going to talk about. We'll look at the halacha we, we should. Why we do another kiddushim outside the tent? Is that what you do? Maybe we should do. Yeah. The tent is... is yeah. That's definitely a different no, outside. I don't. Um, if you're going from a totally different that's location, different then it's harder to say. Upstairs to downstairs. That's, uh, no, that's in the same building. Really? Yeah, that's why he says kiddush upstairs, or when we say kiddush upstairs, why say kiddush A lot of shuls do that. They say kiddush in the in the sanctuary, and then they eat in another room. They say it's in the same building. We have in mind. That's the see. That it's a reasonable idea. Not a, meaning it's a reasonable idea that you, the point is that the kiddush be an intro to the meal. Does it have to express itself in physically that they occur in the same place, or it's enough that the intent is that the kiddush be the pre the prelude to the meal? It's it's not you know both are possible. It's not you like we'll say that with like the is supposed to be physically in the same location as the meal. That's that's what the halacha is. You're supposed to you're supposed to even be sitting because you're supposed to be like. Connected to the meal that you had, it's supposed to be literally in the same place. If you moved, you're allowed bidiyavad. There's a story. It's a machlokah between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. When the Beit Shammai, Beit if you left the place already, you forgot. You don't have to go all the way back and say Beit Shammai says no. You do have to go back, right? Even if you already left, even if it's going to be difficult. And then there's the Gemara. Of course, the halachas Beit Hillel, but the Gemara talks about the guy who went back and he found a lot of money. He was machmir. He had found a lot of money. So obviously, it's a good thing. Yeah. 
Meaning he got a special zechut uh, because he was so machmir of the, to make the Birkat Amazon in the right place. But the idea is that Birkat Amazon is supposed to be part of the meal, related to the meal. It's, it's, yeah. it's related to the meal. So therefore, it should be. Birkat Amazon is another really interesting topic to learn maybe next year. Birkat Amazon has to be related to the meal because it's a part of the meal. That's, that's the explanation. That's a simple explanation of the halacha. Like, let's say, for example, on Shabbat, if you don't say it in Birkat Amazon, you have to go back. But on, uh, not on Rosh Chodesh. So what's the reason? Yeah, so who cares if it's a chiyub siudah or not? That's why. Yishai Rebo, it's good. Yishai Rebo, this is such a, such a good song. Ilatailot, so nice. Such a nice Only in Israel can you turn on the radio and hear music like this. No, really, it's so, it's really amazing. Yeah, such as a. Can you just repeat the question? So, so, uh, yeah, so we, um, so, Birkat uh, so if you don't, say, what's, the, what's the difference? If I have a chiyuv to have a seuda, then if I forget to say what say in the Birkat it's no good. But if I don't have a chiyuv of seuda, then when I forget to say Yalev Yavo, let's say in the Birkat it's okay. What's the difference if I have a chiyuv of seuda or not? Is the Birkat complete or not? Right, what, what, so, ice. Is my Birkat Amazon complete or not? If it's not complete, what difference does it make if it was a chiyuv? Or uh, the suda was a chiyuv? What does that have to do with the Birkat Amazon? It's connecting the two, no? Yeah. Showing that it's really connected to the day. Right, so, but, meaning it should always be ma'akev or never be ma'akev to mention the day. Uh-huh. Why, why is it ma'akev only when there's a chiyuv of suda? What, what's the connection with that? Who cares if it's a chiyuv of suda or not? What's your answer? What? I'm not trying to get this. Okay, I'm not going to say. Jordan is going to get it. If you're not on your own, can I get the answer on your own? Don't listen to me. Go out. The double, double chiyuv there, right? Uh, Why? Why is the chiyuv there, right? The meal's not there, right? It's a chiyuv of the meal. Why would the chiyuv of the meal affect what is or isn't Ma'akev in Berkat Amazon? This is very exciting. The music is very exciting. It's good news. I'm focused on the last. Did you send the question? Huh? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. See, see what I'm Should I pause it? What do you think? Any, very nice. Not integral to the day and the rest. I like your screen. I have to get a nice screen server like a screen server. <laughs> <laughs> the meal is integral to the day on Shabbat. A more hands on picture. You have to have Siddha on Shabbat, therefore, you have to have the meal. But on you don't have to have the meal. Okay, so therefore, how does that connect to the Birkat Amazon? It's a good start. It's a good start. So he's saying that the, that the di- so the first step is logically speaking he's right. A chiyuv of seuda means that the seuda is nece- is integrally related to the day, as opposed to if I have a meal in Rosh Chodesh, nice I had a meal that happened to be on Rosh Chodesh. It's nice to have a meal. Right? If you say it, okay, good. But if you didn't say it, it's okay. But on Shabbat, if you didn't say, you missed the point of the meal. Right. When the meal is Shabbat. There's a right. Since you're thanking Hashem for the meal in Berkat Amazon, if if Shabbat is part of the essence of the meal, because the meal was caused by Shabbat, so that's a part point. of the meal itself. You're missing part of the essence of the meal. You're not fully Shabbat for the meal. Right. Whereas if on Rosh Chodesh, the Rosh Chodesh, the meal happened on Rosh Chodesh. It doesn't force you to have a right. meal. It doesn't, it's, it's not essential to the meal that, you, that it's Rosh Chodesh. It just happens to be what we would call it in logic. We would call that it's accidentally on Rosh Chodesh. It's not really essential. So therefore, 
when I say Birkat Hamazon, it's an opportunity to also remember Rosh Chodesh. It's good to also remember Rosh Chodesh since you have the opportunity, right? Since it was an element of the meal, it happened on Rosh Chodesh, but it's not essential to the meal. So it's not what about the it's the same thing. Whenever there's a chiyuv of suda, so that's why it's the first, so eating matzah on the first day. It's a bracha on the matzah. That's not the first day of sukkot. It's also the other same thing. And chol moed wouldn't. Chol moed not because it's the same thing. Not in the amidah only in birkat mazon because there's no chiyuv suda. That's why. And for a woman, it's the same thing because they're the same. I think it's the same. They come. They're. Ravadia holds like this chuvah of Rabbi Akiva Eger. It's like I think the first chuvah of Rabbi Akiva Eger's chuvah. That, 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 that only on the first night of Pesach and, and the first night of he, he has a thing that only on the Chagim where it specifically says that a woman has to have a kazayit of bread that like like on Pesach and I think Sukkot that they have to so uh, Shabbat, but the other one's not and Shabbat of course so yeah. same as men why is it no because Shavuot also because what about you know oh. yeah Shemini Yatzeret Anytime it's a yom, he says only on I think two chagim. No, it, would be, it should be the same. I'm saying he, it should be the same. I mean the halacha. Don't worry about the other opinions. It should be. The same. It should be the same. Yeah. It makes the most. The sense. only difference. The only question is. Okay, so, so what about tzudash lishit? What about tzudash lishit? So that so so the so the halacha that they say is that you don't have to go back for it. Say why? Because since it's a machloket whether you have a chiyuv of sudan bread. Some people say you can do it with mizonot. Some people no. say this. The Rambam would say you have to go back for sure because he holds you have to have uh, bread at all the meals. But according to those, it's since there. Some people will say you didn't really have to have. Some people say you're not going to go back. That's 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 what they say. What about Sudat Mitzvah? Sudat Mitzvah. I'm asking, would that be considered a? There's no addition. But there's no addition for it. There's no addition for it. So you wouldn't have that. If you did, if there was an addition for it, then it would be a good question. It doesn't really. It doesn't relate to the nature of the day. It relates to an event. It's different. Yeah, but that, that was a good point. That was a good. That was a good approach. You broke it down. You like followed the line. That was good. Yeah. So that that's the point. Now, uh, that's the way you have to think. You have to think of where to, what the starting point is, and just sort of sort out the elements in your mind. That's that's. A, all right. Let's see. Uh, what happened one time? What's the Rav Huna, right? Oh, where's Rav? Oh, yeah, Afra Funa. Go ahead. Who wants to read? I don't know, always have to read anybody else. Afra Funa Savar in Kiddush Alamakom Seuda. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Afra Funa Kaddish, the Tit Akra Le Shraga. His, his light went out, his candle went out. Rele Le Mane Leve Kenavne Darka Bere Dave Shraga. So he went to his uh, son's place where he had a, where he had a light. Right. right so even though he had because he had he made kiddush, but his light went out, so he had to relocate. He didn't get a chance to eat, so he had to make kiddush again because he went to a different house. Okay, keep going, keep going. These are just other examples of it. He would always tell us to eat something. Right, 
So he's telling you basically a practical thing in advance. You better eat now because by the time you get home, your light might go out and then you won't eat anything and then you're not going to have any food related to your Kiddush. Okay, so the idea is that they were vigilant about this. Even though Rav had a different opinion, it seems like pretty much everybody held in Kiddush Adam Makom so if they made Kiddush, they would eat. Okay? Um, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, really Lechatila person should have like their actual Sudat Shabbat after the Kiddush. Now, people are Mekel, they have Mezonot, Aravit wine, or things like that, as Bidiyavad to count as a Sudat. The Gra didn't allow that. The Gra was like, yeah, that's bread, that's it. That's the Pshat. The Pshat is, bread is the Sudat, has to be, in Kiddush Shabbat, that means an actual Sudat, not, uh, not uh, Yayin, not uh, Mezonot, but since there are, there, there are some leniencies, so people rely on it a lot of times to do it. But it's better to, uh, it's better to have uh, bread after you make the Kiddush. Uh, that's for sure. Um, let's see. I want to see, I want to get to this other part that I thought was really interesting. Hold on. And I'm going to skip a just time it. We're going to come back to this. But I want to, I want to get to this. Um, I want to show you another interesting point in the Gemara ahead. Hold on. It might also be like the password was like bank accounts and stuff like that. We don't know. Remove the password. So anyway, okay. Kufe Amud Aleph, fifteen lines from the bottom. It's a who wants to read? Ba'amine. It's the beginning line. Ba'amine Ravina. The I. Kufe Amud Aleph, fifteen lines from the bottom. By the way, it's important to not be afraid to skip in, no, from the bottom. It's important to be able to skip in the Gemara, by the way. Why? Because if you're learning a topic, the topic is not all presented in one spot. The topic sometimes can be presented interrupted by other things. That's the nature of the Gemara. That's why the Rambam wrote what he wrote. Right? So you don't have to feel like wedded to the order of the Gemara because in the end, the Gemara follows a free-flowing style. If you're studying ideas, be stuck with the uh, you don't want to be locked into the order of the yeah. Gemara. Why is that though? Because they they organized intentionally. Well, I mean, it, it was it was, was edited and re-edited. Yeah. So why? But why not they, on a conceptual. Yeah. Why, saying, what, what, what did they organize based on? I not think they wanted. I think I'm, you know. I think that they wanted to preserve the sense of dialogue of Tosh Shabbat that they had in the Beit Midrash. They wanted to make it feel like you're in the Beit Midrash. You know? right? And then we went on to this topic and we jumped here. But like in the end, that became very difficult. And that's why the, the people like the Rif, the Rif also, the Rambam, they said that this is very difficult to understand the principles. You gotta pull the material together. Was it they're making a book for the Hamaram? The opposite. The opposite. No, no, the Gemara. This is no, the, the thing. Gemara, not the Gemara. The Gemara was, is like walking in to a conversation of experts in a field. Yeah. So that's why it's really reserved for more advanced students. It's supposed to be. Can you make the argument, sorry, can we make the argument, can we make the argument that the is not necessary? Sorry, that sounds very... Or record this section. Of course not. Yeah, uh, uh, no. No, it's definitely necessary. I don't <laughs> think... Like, once Rabban wrote the Mishra Torah, it's necessary, meaning... It, for, you can, as you as can I'm tell it does... It becomes harder and harder for me to get more in, get into my... Because you're a more practical thinker as you go on. You're not... Yeah, like, you're I, I feel thinking. like it's... That's not Rabban, what's... There's no reason to leave it Because it's not meant for you. Because you're not a, you're not somebody who's learning that. You're not learning how to analyze... It isn't it, that's the point. It isn't the point of the Mara only for a Dayan. For someone that really wants to know how 
to get um, it's for somebody to understand the shakotai of, of, of halacha. If you want to find a new me, idea, I'm thinking. I mean, I, I don't have any ideas. You for me, it's more like, what do I do? Tashlit. What's what's my what's the halacha? Well, well, I think the benefit of it is like the Rambam writes in one of his letters. He, he says different things, actually. He kind of, you know, it's not always clear what he, what he absolutely thought, but it's definitely true that the Rambam, um, that for most people, you can... It's too cute. It's too cute. He's wanted to check. What the hell? He's like, okay, thank you. Is it the same thing as... Uh, as Rav no, okay. same question. The same, the same exact question. question. Except he doesn't know us. Anyway, the... Uh, was so cute. The, he was cute. Um, and it, yeah. it, there's, there's, there's a, a Midrash Echa about the children of Yerushalayim. Beautiful Midrashim about the children of Yerushalayim and how smart they were. And how bright you see it. Anyway, so the... Uh, yeah, but it's also the, I'm, I really believe, like, I really believe that uh, the environment affects the mind of the person and that so much because uh, I just noticed even in myself, I felt that my mind is, like, open to different, like, different horizons open to me. He's becoming a here. here? I've got a Bekisha. <laughs> No, no, really. So in thought, I really felt. I really feel that it's opened my mind to different things. It's a different. It's your your mind is a different place. Anyway, the um, to turn off the no, the even says he says that the reason why Eretz Yisrael was chosen was because it has an effect on the mind. It it, it, it enables the mind to uh, thrive more. I don't know. I felt. I definitely feel a difference in quality of my mind. Uh, in any case, so okay. So, I'll, so it's an important question. What he's asking. So the uh, the uh, the Rambam says in one of his chuvot uh, some some critical things about Gemara. Like he says, you know, um, when he when he instructs his uh, his student, the student was setting up a Beit Midrash where he was going to teach Rambam, where he was going to teach Mishneh Torah, and he said basically your methodology should be learn my book, learn the Reef, and wherever it's a disagreement, look in the Gemara. That's that's his like. But in another in another chuvai says, I long ago is like it's like a quote like I forget the exact language, but it's something to the effect of, I I long ago abandoned the shakla vitarya of the gemara as a waste of time. This is Rambam wow. says in Rambam. Wow. Yeah, I would love to see that. I I, I had it. I saw. I like validate my life. The, the Rambam says I long ago I stopped reading the shakla vitarya of the gemara. I realized it was a waste of time. Oh my god. He obviously read it once. Like, this More than once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he obviously, exactly. after he read it many yeah, times, he's it's not like I, my soul. It's not like I never went through right. it. And no, wonder, but I did not look at it Wait, the, the other thing is like this. We're it's for us, for us. For us. No, I, I don't right. think it's me for Here's everyone. The, I, I agree I'm not saying it. it's not valid. I'm not saying we if should we learn. Wanted, I don't no. think everyone should learn. But if we, if we were learning really in a, uh, a Rambamic mode, we would focus more of our time on Mishneh Torah, and then look at the sugyot to understand. Because what the Gemara does, see what the Rambam did that nobody else did, was he organized things by principles. Not just quantitatively, meaning everything is organized by principles and themes and concepts 
the big picture of how everything fits together. Not just the Hamonam. Halavai. Halavai was only for the Hamonam. 99% of a Chachamim wouldn't understand, need the Rambam more because they don't, they're lost. They're lost in the, in, in, in the details of the Halacha. They don't know where they are. Because of the way it's set up. Right. So, but it was set up. It's like, it would be like, it would be like, let's say you were, you were going to college and you're studying uh, biology. Okay? So, if you go to college and you study intro to biology, you get a textbook as chapter one, what is life, what is a cell, I don't, I don't even know. Right? Um, and then it walks you through biology till you have a sense of the different, uh, you know, the different systems topics, the different systems, how they relate to each other. Okay, and that gives you a foundation. And then when you, when you take a more advanced biology, each one of those things, you go a little bit deeper. You already have the, the foundation, now you go a little bit deeper. Okay? What happens at the graduate level is you're reading a research about something in biology. Let's say you're getting a, uh, you're becoming a PhD in biology. You're getting right? a doctor. Right, yeah. So you, you're going to study, you're going to be sitting around reading research papers about things. So I always compare the Gemara to you walk in to a, uh, you walk into a conference of physicists discussing the cutting edge research to a person who doesn't have a foundation, this is so far removed from anything that they understand about the world, they have no clue what the relevance of it is, what the significance of it is, how one thing can, what the point of it is, right? Like for example, when Einstein was, they were trying to test relativity, and the question was whether light would bend, you know, a certain way, and the argument was, would it or wouldn't it? You know, and there was, I forget what it was, there was a specific cosmic event that was coming up that they were going to be able to either prove or disprove Einstein's theory. Now imagine you heard, I can't remember the details now, but imagine you heard two physicists arguing about whether the light will bend or it won't bend. No, it's not going to bend. There's no way it's going to bend because of this. And the other one is like, no, it is going to bend. It is going to bend. You'd be like, what are these? This is what a physicist is? They just argue about whether light bends or not on a, on a specific event on a specific day? But that, that's physics? What kind, of, what, kind of a, what kind of a science is this? This is nonsense. Okay, why are they focusing on that? That's exactly what the Gemara is to us. They're arguing about whether Kiddush has to be mkom That That's what's important? I don't even know what a Kiddush is. What, what, why are you telling me about this detail? Okay, so... We're, so the Rambam really was the one who made a textbook. I Meaning, if you had read 10 textbooks about physics, and then you heard Einstein and Bohr, whoever it was, I don't remember what it was, Einstein and whoever else arguing about whether the light would bend, then I'd be like, oh, I understand exactly. They're, they're trying to clarify a particular point. What would the application of relativity be, if relativity is true, to this particular event? Oh, I understand. If you hold by relativity and that whole understanding, so then it would be this. If you hold by classical uh, mechanics and uh, Newtonian, it would be this. So therefore, they're arguing what the outcome is going to be in that particular case because it's really based on fundamentals of understanding physics. But even relativity is pretty advanced. Okay? I mean, they teach it now earlier and earlier and, and because it's become so simple, right? But, the, the, you know, that, that's true with so many disciplines. It's like, it's like only Einstein could discover it, but now anybody can understand yeah. it, right? Once it's understood, right? Once it's understood, it can be given. So if you had, 
that kind of an education and you walked into the conversation, you'd be like, oh, I understand exactly what they're talking about. Just like if you open a professional journal in your area, whatever your field is, if you know that field and you open up some, gen- some article by a specialist in your field, you understand exactly why it's significant, what they're talking about, what the implications would be, what the basis is for the discussion. But yeah, if you but, don't have but, that but context, then I, would I tell my son that, hey, read this article. It's really interesting about how a blue topaz uh, makes, get, gets its color. Right? I'm not telling you you should do that. Why would you do that? But that's what we're telling every yeshiva student. Or, or I never told any yeshiva student to do that. Or maybe you did. Why are you saying we? What, don't include me. Our system. That's what our system is telling me. I agree. Yes. It's a flawed system. The Rambam wouldn't like our system. What I'm saying, if you had the foundation of the Rambam, that's why I think the Rambam is really the essence. If you had the foundation of Torah Shebikhtav and the Rambam, and then you went and you looked at the Gemara, be, oh, it's obvious what this Gemara is, what detail this Gemara is trying to, to clarify. It's interesting to see the different theoretical perspectives. Right. Finally, you know exactly where that fits right. in the big picture of what Kiddush is or whatever mitzvah you're learning. You know exactly where that is in the Rambam. Like to me, I think of Tashabalpa as the Rambam system. Okay? So I think, oh, where would this diyun be in the Rambam? It would be on the Salah. That's interesting. Right? So you have a framework. Oh, it's like, this, it's like what you said before about uh, what, which we saw you dealing with. Right. Yeah. It, it fits right in here. So it's not dealing with Perik Aleph Halacha Aleph. It's dealing with uh, Perik Bet Halacha Tet. Right. Okay? If you understand the totality of the Halachot of the Rambam, you understand, oh, this was what the theoretical discussion was about. That's how the Rambam okay. made this conclusion. Right. Was, this is the conclusion, but there was another possibility. It's interesting to see what the other possibilities right. are and to understand what, why, maybe uh, why, right. why it came to this conclusion. That's interesting. Right? But I have a framework now. So it can be interesting when you have the framework. And I think the problem is that essentially what the Rambam would tell you if you were here, I can only speak for myself, but I think this is what the Rambam would tell you, is that every one of Chazal had a Rambam in their head. Yeah. Meaning they had a, a big picture of how all the mitzvot, all the halachot and fit the, together. And the new Tanakh. And they, so like, that goes without saying. I'm not even I'm talking about that. That's like saying they knew how to add one plus one. Right. And they knew how to read. You know, really, you know, so like when you would go to a particular detail that they're going to argue about, they're arguing about that particular detail in the context of a shared understanding of everything. Okay? So like when we were talking about last night, do you, tzitzit, there's a machloket in the Gemara. Do you need to put tzitzit even on a garment that's in the, in the drawer? Klei kufsa, it's called the kli in the box, meaning bigadim in the box, right? Meaning you're not even wearing it. Right? So the, the basic idea of what tzitzit, but at the, you know, is it when I'm wearing the tzitzit? Or is it just the fact that I have a garment and garments express my identity and my, my, my sense of who I am? I should put the tzitzit on the garment as a garment, whether or not I'm wearing it. Or no, a garment is only considered when I'm actually wearing it. That's a detail of a detail of understanding tzitzit. You can see how they argue it one way or the other way. But that's a detail. Okay, when you look at the big picture, or like another random machloket, I'm just, seriously, this free association, no, no. Let's say, Beit Shamayin, Beit Hillel, Ach asher yachel lechol nefesh, ulevado yase lechem. Right, according to Beit Shamayin, it's literal, you can only do melachan yom tov, that's for eating. Okay, according to Beit Hillel, no, uh, any melacha of the type that's used for eating is okay. Now, everybody agrees What's the reason? That's, let's say there's so many assumptions that shared, okay? That that melacha is permitted on Yom Tov to enhance the simchat Yom Tov. All of these premises, like what is Yom Tov versus Shabbat? 
on Shabbat, the abstention from Melacha is the essence, because you're focusing on Melachto Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And on Yom Tov, it's just a means to create a happy day that you're not going to Melacha. It's, it's a Yom Simcha. So, so therefore the Torah says, but if, you're gonna, if it's for eating and for enjoying, the Torah doesn't block you from doing it, right? Okay, but how does the, so all of these premises you have, and then you ask, okay, is that detail about melacha for food, is that, is that, does that mean that the particular act of melacha has to actually be for food? Or no, the Torah said the categories of melacha that are for food are allowed. That's a detail. You can debate that. You can try to, you can, you can argue that. It doesn't make more sense that the Torah basically permitted categories of melacha and cut down the number of 39 milachot to whatever number? Or does it make more sense that the Torah left the Shabbat system intact and just said on a, on a case-by-case basis, if it's for food, you're allowed to do it. You can argue the structural, but you first have to understand why and what and you know, what you're dealing with. That's what the Rambam gives you. You understand what I mean? Like once you have that, then these details fall into a context and then the Gemara becomes interesting. Okay, the, the, the Ramchal says, one of the things Ramchal says, in addition to knowing all of Shas, he says you have to know all the Rambam. From, he says from the first, from the beginning until the end. So you have to know the entire Rambam. That's one of the things you have to know in Dere Chochmah. Nidan says about any other Rishon. As the Rambam, you have to know from beginning to end. He says, and then he, when it, with the Shulchan Aruch, he says you should know the Shulchan Aruch. And wherever the Shulchan Aruch disagrees with the Rambam, look up in the bit and say, why? That's all he says. So that, but really, he understood that the Rambam gives a framework. And, and if you look at even some of the, uh, like the, the, the like uh, Ibn Tibon, he says, the Rambam's book showed that Talmud is a chokmah. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, he said that, that, but that people were lost and they never understood that what the Talmud was about. Yeah, and the Rambam's book is a testimony to the wisdom and the straightness of the ways of the Gemara, meaning that it's all based on a system of chokmah that you wouldn't see. You would just see the details being argued. You don't know what the fun. You know, First engineers. Yeah. So like, but that's but you understand the Rambam sat down and wrote the Mishneh Torah by heart, and then said, "I took ten years to edit and correct it." It's like this is what he had in his head. So like that's what it, the ideal is. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent, most people should focus on getting a Rambamic type of understanding of the system. And then, when you have that Rambamic type of understanding of the system, looking at how the Gemara dealt with particular details becomes interesting because you're clarifying those details in the context of the big picture. When you're lost in the details, it's much harder to appreciate the meaning and the significance of what you, what you have. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And the Rambam said, and the Shakla Vitarya, like the back and forth, the Rambam said, I let it go as a, I forget his exact words, like a waste of time. I, he said it was a. He said he said the shakla. He said I long ago abandoned any reading of the shakla b'tayyah as a waste of time. You know he wrote to one of his students. But the truth is that even Rabbeinu Tam says in one of his chuvot that a lot of times the Gemara's back and forth is just to get to a certain point. It's, they didn't really. They knew what the answer was already, but they just wanted to show you how they got there. Yeah, so that you could trace you what not to think. Right, what not to think yeah. and how to trace the important. trace the line of the argument. But at the end of the day it's not of the essence. I, and in the in, in the Yeshivot, one of the things that they do that I really do think is a huge waste of time, um, in terms of development, because we have because we have limited time. Because we have we're only on earth for certain so long, you know, is to waste time. What was the Havamina? What what did the Gemara think that's actually wrong? 
Why, why, why would you have to? Sometimes it's useful to say that in order to clarify what's right. Yeah. But to spend a ton of time on what the Gemara must have thought at this stage in the Shaklava before it got to the end of what actually the conclusion was, and every step to try to clarify theoretically what they must have thought that was wrong, I don't see the benefit of really doing that unless it clarifies the actual conclusion. But is, to, just to play devil's advocate, isn't that the point of bringing it? Are you saying that they're devils, the people? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to show I'm you. That's a wonderful... I, I yeah. feel that I think that, you know, there was a, there's a, this is really a copy course, so you have to frame me, but there's a guy, there's a, there was a conservative scholar. He was like from the old school, so he was, you know, he was like nominally orthodox, and his uh, observance named uh, Louis Jacobs. He was like, uh, he's a British guy. And he wrote, he was one of the pioneers in like academic Talmudic study which now is very, you know, controversial, but also very, very prevalent. And even in some yeshivot, they use the methodology of the academic methodology. And one of the things he showed in one of his articles, um, what, which I, I actually really liked his book. I, I sold it when I was leaving America, but so I don't have it anymore. But I, he had a bunch of essays on the, the, method, the methodology and the composition of the Talmud. And at the time, his ideas were very radical. Now it's like everyone, it's like everyone knows that that's true, is how sugyot are constructed. He said the sugya in the Bavli especially, is an artificial construction. How can you tell? Because the last question is always the right answer. Right? Meaning, they knew what the answer was, and they showed you what, in a real discussion, you don't have it, there are eight different possibilities, and number nine is always the right one. Right? Or that sometimes you'll see that even to the point that people will be out of chronological order presented, in order to allow the discussion to continue so that it gets to the right end point, you know? So he shows a lot of, he shows from like a Sugyan Masechet Baba Kama he illustrates it very convincingly but nowadays everybody pretty much accepts that as a, as in, a in the Talmud, meaning they had a free-flowing discussion in the Beit Midrash all these different possibilities got thrown out, they argued back and forth, it could be that the second guy had the answer, but that would be a really boring Sugyan, so what do they do? They construct it to show you, to lead you into the final, the final answer. It's constructed that way. It's edited, very heavily edited, the Talmud Bavli. So when you understand that, you understand that really it's leading, it, it always knows what the, what the final answer is before it starts. It's leading you to it. He's obviously, this is negative about the Talmud Bavli. No, no, he was trying to show the, 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 the genius of it, that it was edited, that you should realize that you're not actually reading a transcript of what they said in the Beit Midrash. Sometimes a person's question and the answer are separated by 200 years of time, you know? The question by one Amora and the answer given could be by somebody who lived, didn't even know, they didn't even know each other. And then, you know, they were separated by generations. But the point is, they, this person said this, and this person said this, and they constructed it to be able to show you the development of the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they did it. So they they were the final editors, and, the, and they did it, you know, to make it into a, an educational text for people to be able to follow the argument. And they didn't care that much about the biographical and chronological detail. They wanted to teach you the ideas of the halakha. So they constructed it, and they took one guy who lived 200 years before, one 100 years, maybe they went back 300 years to get another, you know, didn't matter. The point was that it follows an artificial flow in the sense that it's designed, hava amina, or question, answer, question, answer, to reach you, to, to lead you to the maskana. It wasn't that they were like actually like feeling around in the dark and it's a, it's a raw transcription of what, of what happened, the way that people read it. It was, they had the discussion, 
And then they constructed a dialogue to, out of the different things people said so that it follows logically. When in real conversation, we know that doesn't happen. This guy says this, he interrupts, he does that. So that's, that's the, uh, that, that was his chidush. Now it's not considered a chidush. It's like, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, obviously everyone knows that. So, um, so there's limited time, Gemara is not ideal. Limited time, Gemara is, pro- is the, best, the best way so to the approach it. Yeah. I would suggest that in, in that the, best way, the best way to learn, if you're looking at you know, how, to, how to structure your learning in the most meaningful way, besides Tanakh, is, um, is to learn the Rambam. First of all, I really, I, I'm really like, uh, an, I believe in the Rambam a lot. Like, I think the Ralbag, even though sometimes he disagrees with the Rambam, and sometimes he says crazy things. Sorry. That's not something. Um, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, you, but, but like, Rav, I told you what Rav Kassin told me. There's no Rav that doesn't occasionally say Shtuyot, so he's in the Ralbag. Um, if, you, if you read the Ralbag, what he does really beautifully is he shows you how to read, and that's what we learned in the introduction. He shows you how to read Torah Shabbat in a way that integrates the fundamentals of the mitzvah with the Torah Shebikhtav. You see, he always explains the shorashim of the mitzvah and the anafim that come out of the shorashim, the branches that come out of the roots and all that. And then you have this kind of a sense. And then you read the Rambam and he starts you with the basic. Look at the difference between our Gemara that just started talking about Kiddush b'mokom se'uda, okay? Just started out of the blue talking about Rav making Kiddush in the Bit Knesset and all that. That was the beginning of the Gemara. Right? Oh, is it? Versus the Rambam who starts with Mitzvat Asay Minat Wali Kadesh Yom HaShabbat Bidvar. The Gemara didn't bother to tell you that. Because if you're in kindergarten or let's say if you're, you know, if you're in a basic level, you shouldn't be reading this anyway. This wasn't for you. So this is the Rambam saying to you, and so on and so forth. And he tells you the text, and he tells you the basics. He has one parak of the halachot of, uh, of Kiddush and Havdalah. Okay? Once you have that foundation, now you can go back and see the benefit of this. But if you don't even know that, why are you opening this? So the Gemara didn't see fit to talk about that. Because it assumes that anybody who's entering into the Gemara is expert already. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, the, that's the difficulty that we have in our education. So it's not just Tanakh. Not just Tanakh is the problem. It's that we don't come to Torah Shebaal Peh with a broad picture either. So the assumption is that you learn Tanakh, obviously, and then you've discussed all the basics about how the Torah Shebaal Peh fits into the Tanakh, and then you get to the Gemara. Right, the Gemara is refining your understanding of particular details and cases, and you know, and, and, and it, it fleshes out why certain particular halakhot are formulated the way that they are. And the Agadah but, but is now, there just to solidify your ideas? Yeah, it's also, I mean, the Agadah is very valuable. It's extremely valuable. So, according to Agadah, you would include learning Mishnah Torah in Talmud? Talmud is not a book. Talmud is a way of learning. So, right. meaning, there are three kinds of learning. There's reading of Torah Shebikhtav. Reading of it, just knowing it. Like the Zilber we were talking about, just knowing the Pshat Torah Shebikhtav. Okay, that's that what he would call Mikra. Torah Peh is, is knowing the information of, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Mishnah is knowing the information of Torah Shabbat Peh. Which is Rambam. Which includes the Rambam. It also includes Mifarshim and Torah Shabbat right. I mean, if you're reading, let's say, Ralbag just to get the information, you're reading Rashi just to get the information. So that's also called Mishnah. Because <coughs> he says Perushim. The Perushim, you know, that's called Torah Shabbat Peh. And then finally, Talmud, 
Talmud is an analysis. That means trying to understand. Like, so when we read the information of the, of the Pasuk, if we just read it and we read the Rambam, that's called Torah Shebikhtav and Torah Shebaal or Mishnah. When we start analyzing, well, what's the logic behind it? How does it work? When we ask a question, why is it you repeat Birkat Amazon in one case and not in the other? Why is it that the Kiddush is connected to the Seuda? What does it really mean? Why should it be Bimkom Seuda? What does that, you know, what does it have to do with Kiddush uh, Yom Shabbat Bidvarim and so on? Now you're doing Gemara. You're doing Gemara. It's an activity. It's not a book. So the Mishneh Torah could be both. Meaning if you're looking into, trying to understand. Maybe all three. Right. If you understand it, well, can't really be Mikra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, one of the one of the really un right, but one, right, just the text, just the text. He quotes it. He quotes it. Yeah. But like, look at one of the things that's really unsung about the Rambam, underappreciated. Every every book has a pasuk. Okay. Every book has b'shem Hashem because he was like, I'm going to be like Abraham and bring people to understanding of Yichud. But. Everyone has a pasuk, right? So that pasuk is the pasuk of Sefer's money. That itself is telling you what he thinks the theme of Sefer's money is. Okay, so you have to understand. He's not just writing it there to put a pretty pasuk on the top of the page. You understand what I'm saying? Explain why that has to be used. Okay, edot or. Are this money? That means the chagi. Okay, I inherited. And remember, we said, "What is v'hanchileinu shemelukeinu ba'ba b'tzon shabbat kochecha?" I inherit. Please help me inherit the the Shabbat. Nachati and botecha leolam. I constantly, I'm eternally inheriting your edot. He's the only being because they're a source of joy to me. So it's saying that a person is in a. That's now just reading that pasuk is just tovah shebichta. Now, what does it mean? What does it mean? It's saying the whole purpose of money. It's in Kufiut Ted and Tehmin. Most of it's Tukim. It's beautiful. Everyone should know that that pair is the best pair. It's all about the beauty of Torah. So, I'm constantly inheriting your edot because they're a source of joy. What kind of edot? The edut of Shabbat, Masabreshit, all the edot, right? All of these things. It means that Zmanim is about a cyclical return to these ideas that testify to the Hashkachat Hashem and cause a person joy to understand and to see the, uh, you know, the, the providence of Hashem and how it guides mankind to, uh, uh, to closeness to Hashem. That, so the idea, I'm saying in a very simple way, but the point is that he's giving you from the beginning a theme. There's a theme. And what's the most fundamental edut? Breshit. Shabbat, Breshit. That Hashem created the universe. And reflecting on that, I'm, every Shabbat, I'm going back to that idea, every, every Pesach, I'm going back to the idea that Hashem brought us out of Mitzrayim in order to educate, man, to liberate mankind, not just politically, but also intellectually from the bondage of Egypt. Right? Every, I'm, and I'm reflecting on what that means. And what it meant to me last year is, not, is, is, is different than what it's going to mean to me this year and in 10 years from now. That's Nachala. Nachalti et botecha le'olam. I'm constantly doing it. Le'olam is forever. Right? And that gives me greater and greater joy as I see Hashem's Hashkacha manifest in all these things. As I develop, it's a joy to see this more and more. And what, what are really the Chagim about? Just Simchat Yom Tov. Even Shabbat has Oneg. It's a little bit different, right? But, but the idea of the joy that comes with seeing that. 
Okay, that's what the Chagim are about. So you already have a theme for all of, what's the Pasuk for, uh, uh, for, for Sefer Ahava? Oh, it's a Pasuk everyone knows because they made a song out of it. Because right? Ma have to Right? Ma have to Right? Right? Is different than than zmanim because it's every day and all the time because the mitzvot of Ahava he says when he describes each book the mitzvot of Sefer Ahava are constants. Right, they think it's Shkriyat Shema, Tfilah, Tfilin, Tzitzi, Brit Milah, all those things are constant. Right, so the constant... Yeah, Yichud Hashem. Right, the Yichud Hashem, Abad Hashem. Right, so that's the constant engagement. And then you have periodic things, Shabbat and the Chagim. Right, so... But notice what he says, Mahati Torah because all the thi- everything in Sefer Ahava is something related to Torah. Kriyat Shema. And you have the... You have the uh, uh, you have, um, you know, tefillin, sefer Torah, mezuzah. Well, the, it's every, I shouldn't say related to Torah, I should say to Shem Hashem. Everything in, in, in Sefer Ava is related to reflecting on the Shem Hashem, on the Yichud Hashem. And, right. So the, uh, that's why, really in, in Halakha, if you notice, what makes something have Kedusha? What's the difference between tzitzit that I could throw in the garbage if it gets ruined and that feeling? Shem Hashem. Right? Kedusha is only, only Shem Hashem has Kedusha. The only thing in Judaism that has Kedusha is Shem Hashem. Not representation right? of Shem Anything Hashem. that is, is she, that has Shem Hashem associated with it. Right? Because a 10, 5, 6, 5 in your tzitzit wouldn't qualify. No, no, no. I'm it sorry, has to be actual words. That's a representation. For, right, yeah. right. So only, only Shem Hashem. So tefillin, mezuzah, sefer Torah. And anything that you make a korban, you say Lashem, you're, de- you're devoting it Lashem. And it has to be the Shem Hashem associated with thing to make it, to ha- give it Kedusha. So the, um, so the, so the, so the, the constant discussion and engagement with the, with the, uh, with the Torah through these different mitzvot is what Sefer Ava is about. So once you have that idea, so then you look at the different kinds of things, like Kriyat Shema, what purpose does that serve in terms of Mahavti Torotecha Kolayam Sicheti? How does that relate to Tefillah? What about Tzitzit? Tzitzit is, you know, so all of these things you can now see in the, in the, in the context of a, a broad theme, and that broad, each theme has sub-themes, and each sub-theme has mitzvot, and each mitzvah has components, and like, imagine, that takes a lifetime to understand that. You can even open a Gemara, and you have that. You know, there's actually a really. I wish we had. There's no other Rambam in here, right? There's no full Rambam in here, is there? No. 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 We have the story. Okay, look up at here. Almost all of them, not all of them, not all of them, but most of them. It's a very beautiful parak. It's not what a surprise. What are you looking for? Do you, yeah, can you look up at the Rambam uh, Sefer Avodah Hilchot uh, Meilah? It's the last, very last, the very end of it. Last parrot. Yeah, last parrot. There's a very famous Rambam there. Okay. I really like it. It's really nice. You know which other That's the last one. It might be the last couple. What are you looking for? Um, Where's me alone? I'm, I'm in here. Right? See that long paragraph? That's going to be it. What is it? Yeah, yeah, read that, read that, read that. It's really good. Read it. <laughs> 
כפי כוחו, ודבר שלא ימצא, לא טעם ולא ידע לו אלא אל יהי קל בעיניו, ולא יהרוס לעלות אל השם פן יפרוץ בו. Right, so he's saying if you don't understand something in the Torah, don't, 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 don't just break it down and attack it. Right? If you, you, but you should try. You should be mitbonen and mishpatei Torah to understand the reasons behind it. But if you don't understand, don't dismiss it. Right? What does he say? Hmm. You shouldn't think of it as like a mundane thing. Okay? Keep going, keep going. I see, see what he's saying? Any object, any mundane object that you designated as a, for the Hekadesh, all of a sudden, if you, if you made use of it, you would, uh, meaning if you misappropriated in any way, you would you'd have to bring a Korban Meila, even if it was by accident. You need Kapara. that's the right definition of Chukim versus Mishpatim. I never realized he said that. This is the last one. The very end. The long the logic of mitzvot of meaning he's saying he's, he's defining mishpatim so well because a lot of people don't understand that I always explain it that way I never noticed the Rambam says that that what is the mishpat what is the difference between mishpatim and chukim that a mishpat the, the benefit in olam hazeh is self-evident right okay go ahead. Why? Because they don't have practical benefit. That's right. <laughs> he was very upset that they, they would reject, they denigrated the Chukim. Where do we see that? Because he realized how stupid they were, I mean. <laughs> and the more they would attack him, the more he realized, wow, these people are lost. These people, they don't understand the chukim, they're lost. So it would increase his dveikut. He's quoting uh, again. Yeah, okay, fine. Okay, 
Right, so the thing I really like about this is where he says in the very beginning, okay, the whole thing is amazing. This is a really, really important Rambam. The thing I really love about this Rambam is he says, it's something that I, I just recently was thinking about, it was bothering me. Uh, it's a good riddle for you to think about. He says, Akal v'chomer. Ma itzim v'avanim v'afar. Right? Just like the, right, right. Once you say Hashem's name on these mundane, mundane nothing, it becomes so holy that if somebody misappropriates it, they have to bring a korban. So kal v'chomer, the chokim shechakak lano. All the more so that the, the, the mitzvot that Hashem, that Hashem established for us, that we shouldn't treat them lightly, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't denigrate them, right? Chakak is engraved in us, no? No, no, chakak means he formed, chokek is to legislate. So what's the question? It also does. Yeah, you, you legislate. So, so what is the kalvachomer exactly? I mean, what, 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 why is it a kalvachomer? It has nothing to do with each other. One is a, is a mitzvah. What is a physical object? A physical object. Why is he saying it's a kal v'chomer? You could say it's the same. Right. Because I said that this etzim is going to the Beit HaMikdash, I now it becomes subject to the Isur Me'ilah. So, but a mitzvah that Hashem made for us, we shouldn't treat it lightly. What's, what's, the, what's the connection between the They're not the same thing at all. But why, why is it a kal v'chomer? What's the relationship between one and the other one? One is something I designated for the Beit HaMikdash. The other one is a mitzvah that Hashem made. Okay, I shouldn't denigrate a mitzvah that Hashem made. But why is that related to the fact that when I makdish something for the Beit HaMikdash, all of a sudden uh, I'm not allowed to misappropriate it. It doesn't have any connection. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What, why is it a kal v'chomer? Just say, don't denigrate the mitzvah that Hashem designed for you and He made for you. They're very special and they're going to bring you to Olam Haba. Why do you have to mention them? That, that you're, what's the answer? What's the answer? So the idea is, I love this idea, because he says, from the time that the Shem Hashem is Nikra on it, it becomes holy. Okay? What's the difference? What is, he, what is he trying to say? He's saying something that you designate for the Beit HaMikdash. It's arbitrary that you designated it, but the name of Hashem is called on it. Right? It's arbitrary. You, you decided that you were going to make this uh, table as for Hekdesh. It has, there's nothing about that table that makes it Hekdesh. You, you decided to make it Hekdesh. So kal v'chomer, a mitzvah that Hashem specifically decided this is supposed to bring a person to, my, to, to understanding of Shem Hashem. Kal v'chomer, you have to realize that it's something that is special and something that you can't treat as mundane. You can't treat because it. Because ultimately, it's the beautiful idea is to bring you to right. Yidiyat Hashem. Yidiyat Shem Hashem. Right, right. So if I can arbitrarily I can designate right. something, there's nothing about this that connects to Shem Hashem, but because I said this is going to the, to the Beit HaMikdash, they're going to use it somehow, fund the Beit HaMikdash, it becomes Kodesh. And now I can't. So Kal V'chomer, something that intrinsically is Chochmat that it's designed to bring you to Yidiyat Hashem, Kal V'chomer, Ben Beno Shal Kal V'chomer, you have to treat it with uh, sanctity and respect. See, it's, it's amazing. It's, ama- it's a really beautiful idea. And why is the Chukim the most important? Because Mishpatim, why are they self-evident, the benefit of the Mishpatim? Because they deal with practical matters. Right? How we treat each other. It's obviously, I don't want someone stealing from me. I don't steal. If, if stealing is allowed, there'll be chaos. It's it's a kill. The practical matter is the only... Mishpatim, mishpatim. I know, but it's not... Things that govern... I understand. That, that, meaning that it's self-evident why these things are good. 
So people keep them because that's not the only reason, but he's saying, but what, what are the chukim? Why is the, and I've mentioned this before, chukim, the reason why the goyim are mishivim on the chukim and David and Melch is so upset is why, is because chukim, their benefit isn't self-evident in terms of this world. Their be- the benefit is only in terms of the metaphysical. The benefit is only in terms of Kilvat Elohim, getting closer to God. It doesn't have a practical benefit. They don't see any benefit. That's why it says, David HaMelech was so angry with the people that they were saying Sheker against the Chukim. That's because they don't have any idea what life is about. See, well, they don't have a life about. So that's why he would increase his Dveikut in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To put it in terms of what we're speaking about it's part of the Elohim idea, but it doesn't give that. But it gives it right. They understand the Elohim idea. That's yeah. why. That's it's, why it's Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar can understand the Elohim right. idea that, that wisdom of God could make my practical life better. Right. Right. But they can't. It's like if you're learning something, especially like the especially uh, you know in our culture, which is a very pragmatic culture. I'm saying like Persian culture. Right. If you're studying something and it has a practical benefit, no, the right. old Persian will say, yeah. "I totally understand why you, yeah. that's that's study for your college." That's very excellent. Excellent. You say, I'm just studying Lishma. That's a waste of time. Why are you doing that? Right? The, the, the average person. I'm not talking about the religious person. The average person. That's the culture. Right? Practical benefit. With the wisdom that increases the, the goodness of... Even if it was... Even if we were learning something about how to have a better marriage. Anything practical. They can, they can appreciate it. Once you're going beyond the practical to the metaphysical. They don't see the benefit. They don't see the benefit. And that's, that's what the Rambam is saying. But I, I especially like the idea of the, the Shem Hashem. What does it mean the Shem Hashem is Nikra? It means a mitzvah is designed to bring you to an understanding of the Shem Hashem. So therefore you have to treat it with great sanctity. Etzim uh, Ba'avanim, it wasn't designed. Right? That's, that's the Kal Vachomer they're doing. It's so nice. I really, really like that Rambam. But since we mentioned the Shem Hashem, I just wanted to mention that, that Rambam because I thought it was a nice way. And we should, I think it's time for lunch probably right now, right? It's late. Wait, when you said that it wasn't designed, or was it designed? Oh, you don't want to take a break? No, no, I don't mind. I, 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 I just want to clarify that because, at the end of the day, would would you say that? Meaning, at the end of the day, you're talking about creations as part of this world. Meaning, they are somewhat designed to bring your mind to the other Shema by appreciating Riyadh alone. Okay. But it's not mitzvahita. It's not. It's not designed. Meaning, a tree is a tree. I don't know why, you know, it, it happens to be that uh, I'm able to, from the, studying the tree to come to a recognition of the uh, design of God. But it wasn't that God made the tree as a curriculum to educate me. The tree is what it is. It happens to be that when I examine the tree, I say, wow. But it's not that the tree exists as an, ob- as a, uh, a demonst- an educational demonstration for me. It exists as exists, right? As, a, as opposed to a mitzvah, that it's literally designed. And you see from the Rambam, what do you have? You have Yisodot in Sefer Hamadah, then you have cyclical ways that we try to incorporate these Yisodot into our life. You have Sefer Ahava and Sefer Zmani. It's not, it's not prescribed as such. I, like I, that, that I can I tell. Mm-hmm. Meaning, it's not, it's not that the Torah tells you, look at the tree so that you... Well, it does, actually. Yeah. You're supposed to study... Uh, Okay, so then, so then how does that fit in with what we're saying? Because it's, the tree is a, is a living organism that exists because God willed it to exist. Yeah. I wouldn't reduce the tree to only being there so I can learn That's about it. That's an elevation, not a reduction. 
Meaning I wouldn't say that that's the exclusive meaning of its existence. I don't know what the meaning of its existence is. It exists because I don't know. Right? It happens to be that everything Hashem does is with Chokhmah, so therefore if I study the tree, I'll be able to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu from seeing the wisdom in the tree. But that doesn't, it's not only, whereas the mitzvah is a, so to speak, supernatural. It's something designed exclusively for the education of, uh, of human beings, bring them closer to understanding Shem Hashem. So it's in a different category. Um, and that's the, uh, I think it's a really nice Rambam. It's, there's, a lot, there's a lot more to unpack there with the Chukim and Mishpatim, and especially the Korbanot, that on the Avodate Korbanot, the world is, is only exists because of the Avodate Korbanot and all that, which is, by the way, what he says in Perkei Avod also. In Perkei Avod he says, Al shloshat dvorim He says, Avodah means the Korbanot, and everyone's like, the Rambam says the Korbanot, what happened to the Rambam? And you write that. But that, what we learned this morning, you can really see why. Because the whole foundation of man's awareness of God is that there's a way to, uh, to express, to educate people into the mode of realizing there's something higher than the practical. And that's what he's saying the chukim is. Chukim are mitzvot that educate you in the existence and importance of something that transcends the practical. That's not, you know, and that's what, the, that's what chukim are supposed to do. So once, you know, that's, that's why the Avodat Mikdash is so important, because it's also the same thing. You basically destroy your wealth. You know, you're taking your animal, you're taking whatever, and you're sacrificing it to show that there's something higher than that, that you're, you know, subordinate to or seeking closeness to. Ben Shapiro, Very deep. Ben Shapiro was on Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast, and Rogan admires him because he's a relatively clear thinker yeah, and started pushing clear. him on the idea of kashrut like why do you subscribe oh, really? to such a illogical notion and Shapiro kind of like evaded the question uh, but he said you, you sign up for the system and not everything has to make perfect sense to you but that didn't sit well with someone like Rogan mm-hmm. um, it was an interesting banter between them on the topic. I didn't think he did such a good I once mean, said sure but specifically because <clears throat> well you know he's probably not, he's not really a, he's not really a he scholar of Judaism he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't represent Judaism very well he doesn't really represent Judaism he has a right to be a religious Jew but yeah, it's not a viewpoint and that's fine he doesn't not every Christian has to be a Christian theologian and not every uh, religious Jew has to, but there's just not that many religious Jews in public life in America so you end up feeling forced to, to answer be very satisfactory though. I didn't, I didn't what did he say? Ba- basically, not everything has to make perfect sense to you. You sign up for a general system oh. of. I don't, even know what I'm say I, I don't like that answer so much because it it feeds into the idea that yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I, whatever. I once I was once a TA for like a assistant for a professor in undergraduate school, and um, he was like a it was a Jewish guy, very traditional Jewish guy. I didn't actually realize how traditional he was until I got to know him better. And um, he actually went to uh, a, a shul near my house. I knew, like I had known him from the neighborhood where I grew up and ended up being his assistant. And you had to be like a TA for, as part of your credits. So I was, um, I, was in his, uh, I was in his class. And one day he actually like asked maybe the other TA or maybe one of the students, I don't remember, like to bring him something from the kosher cafe, from the kosher cafeteria. And he said, oh, and if they don't have that, can you go to the shop and get me this particular thing? And they said, you know, why do you... They asked him right there, like, what is with the kosher? You know, you're a modern professor, you know, why are you kosher? Is it for health reasons, you know, that's not really healthier, the kosher? They start talking. 
and he actually gave like an intel. It was like a kiddush Hashem. What, what's the answer? He said, I mean, I don't remember exactly what he said, but something to the effect of, you know, it teaches you to to be a thoughtful eater, not just to eat whatever you know, whatever you want at any particular time, but you have to think about your food, and you have to, and it has, you know, there's a reason for eating. He had like a, it wasn't like the most deep thing, but the point was he gave a cogent answer. I thought that was really good. Right. He's just. That's why he's giving his own Right, like what if I'm not Ben Shapiro, but like, look, if I were, uh, if I were, and I would never be a pol- in, in any political podcast or anything like that. But if somebody asked me, if somebody asked me something like that, like we've talked about this before, that you know, the the I think we talked about it probably even on one of our previous trips. Like Gentiles are attracted to the idea that kosher means you know that a rabbi blessed it or something like that. And I know people that will just be like, yeah, yeah, the rabbi blessed it, it's kosher. Because they don't want to get into a dialogue with, with a Gentile explaining to them what kosher is. But, when you, but that's not, that's like abdicating your responsibility as a Jew. Right, you're abdicating your responsibility as a Jew and saying, look, we believe that everything we do is directed towards a higher purpose. And the way we stay con- cognizant of that higher purpose is we have rules of eating. So even when we're eating, we're thinking of the higher purpose that we have. And, you know, and, and a, a, without even going into it, a non-Jew can understand. They might not understand what the higher purpose is, Yediyat Hashem or something like that. Jew right, a Jew won't even understand. But I, I feel like some responsibility to explain to them that it is a, an intelligent system and not just arbitrary so that they won't have, like, uh, a negative view of it. I think that's the only, yeah. only point. I mean, at, at the surface level, you just have to show... It's not that it's arbitrary. But, I mean, even yeah. if it's because, even it's if purposeful. It's purposeful. You're Jew, it's not arbitrary. Right. It's somehow purposeful. Yeah, it, it, when you speak to Nanjus, the real thing is just to show that you're doing it for a reason. It doesn't matter what the reason is. There's right. the reason. It's not. It's not completely oh, logical. Reason. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone so far to say it doesn't make sense. I would have said something like, it, it reminds me that I'm, my existence is for a higher purpose. And just leave it at that, and they'll be like, oh, okay. Hey, they, I tried that. And did it work? What did they I, say? I had a group, like, all non-Jews in college, mm-hmm. like, this past semester. And they were like, oh, it's supposed to this kosher thing. Like, yeah, whatever. We, I, like, try to explain, like, oh, we, we try to keep us clean and a higher purpose and whatever. And he's like, oh, it just means, like, a rabbi bless. And I'm like, no. <laughs> they still went back to that. I'm like, no, not really. And I, like... I didn't, I didn't want to like, keep it at that. I was like, no, it means like, it was like watched and like, we, there's a certain procedure we take. Like, yeah, but the rabbi blessed it. Like, yeah, you have to realize that that's coming from like their religious experience. It's a very Christian thing to think that a priest blessed something and makes it better. Even their idea of ordination. They don't understand, they don't understand what a rabbi is. There's certain ingredients we don't I always make it like, no, it has nothing to do with like there's yeah, there's a I thing even their even their idea of priesthood versus ordination of a rabbi they think a rabbi is ordained like the same way a priest is ordained like a, a priest is like magically ordained like the priest lays his hands on you and gives you the power that you become a priest and now you have a power to do these rituals like to make the wafer into the god or whatever right right, they, right whereas they don't understand like the idea that a rabbi studies and learns and 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 gets a gets an you know and get and passes you know it's really a, a matter of like more of a theirs is is more mystical ours is just that the rabbi has like hopefully you know is competent in certain areas of of Jewish law or knowledge or whatever that they pass tests and they get certified it's more like a degree than an ordination and there and yes Michal is the people for people to see that he's accepted by the priest or the rabbi no the rabbi 
they well, originally there was a tmicha going back to the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, which had to do with it's more like a quality control issue. But is it more for people to mm-hmm. see that he was? No, no. It's like it's just that there's two elements to it. One is that you're not supposed to be more halacha while without the permission of your teacher. So it means that your teacher is saying you're, you're allowed. You're allowed to. So why not write a And then well, that's what they do. Usually, no, they assess you when they write it. But we're talking about the ancient sikha. Yeah, the, the, the sikha was that, wasn't... Right, was, well, that was a... Oh, you mean that? Yeah. Well, yeah, but they don't actually have to do that. I thought it was that, no? They, the, it's, the essence of it is, the essence of it is that you're passing the permission to yeah, serve so, as a so, capacity. So, I guess to, to, to proclaim it to people so they have to see that you When you, they might have done like an external ritual like that to demonstrate it, but the real purpose is that they're telling, they're basically saying you have the permission to serve this role. And, uh, and the, the real original smicha, you had to know the entire Torah, even if you only wanted to be a Dayan of Dine Mamanot or something like that. You had to know everything. The Rambam says in the Chotzana dream, you had to know everything. Even Tanah? Even Tanah. Now that because it's the it, because like uh, because the rabbis of today they can learn your they, they can learn like hilchot kashrut and nida and avelut and the rabbi. Yeah, but that, it, it goes back to what we we're saying. If you don't understand how how the frame how what the framework is, you're not going to be able to understand this particular. It's like your example of like being only a doctor. I only learned about this vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. Say this example. Only learned about this vein. I don't know how what the rest of it. Not is. important. I know this vein really, really, really. Yeah. If you, that, that's well, what the rabbis still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, that, that Doctors learn the way. I remember the guy that was a dentist. I knew when he said, "You know, the more sp- you specialize, the more money you make." He's like, "I'm going to specialize in like just this tooth, this one." Right <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone who has a problem with that tooth, they're going to come to the expert in that tooth. They can charge anything. Why are those the three subjects that today are, are required? I think because communally, that's what people ask. You know, they also have to learn a little bit of Hilchot Shabbat. <laughs> yeah. Most yeshivot require some Hilchot Shabbat, but I think your idea was because most questions were about Kashrut, Nida, Avilut. Even Nida in Avilut. Also communities, like the community that, that what do you mean? It's all the questions uh, about what to do with Shibash, Loshiv. It's community stuff. A lot of it. Still, they have to know, like, Shiva, when does it end? When does it start? You need to know it. You definitely need to know it. And then, and then, uh, and then, like Shabbat, Hilchot Shabbat, they need to know. So. Although I didn't get tested on Hilchot Shabbat, I don't know. I, I think in some Shiva, do you do? Well, for here it's week also, and some is better than like But uh, that's that's it. Okay. Are we gonna go on? But it's one o'clock. I think it should be one o'clock. Maybe we should like go. Yeah, to the Are you hungry? I want to have like a froyo. I'm so, oh.